passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, man, life certainly has a way of reminding us what's important. I mean, we dedicate our lives to this job and this sport. And in and, and that moment yesterday morning when I heard this news, I, I really I really couldn't care any less about what was going to happen on that racetrack yesterday. Man, we, we heard the news that we, well, we lost Coy Gibbs. He unfortunately passed away in his sleep. And I just I can't imagine what that's like for Ty to go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in, in just a span of hours. Um, you think about Coach Gibbs, uh, the only word that comes to mind is heartbroken. I mean, uh, the man lost both of his sons now. Um, nobody, I don't think, in the garage prioritizes family more than Coach Gibbs, and it's just just heartbreaking for them. So I uh, just want to pass our thoughts on our Coach Gibbs, his wife Pat, Coy's wife Heather, their children Ty, Case, Jet, and L, the entire Gibbs family, and as, as well as everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing. So we're going to take a moment of silence to kick this show off, and uh, then we'll get right to it. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Door Bumper Clear presented by OfferPad, and I'm Freddie Kraft. We're back from the championship weekend in Phoenix with special guest Jamie McMurray. We'll talk Phoenix as the title track, Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott's incidents, all three champions, Jimmy Johnson's return, and much, much more. Let's f***ing go. The best in the booth, stumbling the Monday to tell you the truth. Giving the opinions and breaking the rules. Get called to the holler to bring it to you. Casey, you pretty, Freddie, you fat, TJ, you suck, Brighton so bad. Jason is pacing, kind of plate in this race. And if someone don't crash, and he's gonna go mad. Looking for Freddie, he's killing the bottle. Casey is making messes like a toddler. Tweet something stupid, then don't even bother. Brett's gonna block you like TJ is a spotter. See them online, throw FF in the chat. Tell Rick where to stay off the track. All of the podcasts are living in fear. This isn't the download, it's throw bumper clear. Nah, don't get it twisted, baby. This isn't the download, nah. This is Door Bumper Clear. There you go, I like it. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 6-cup car, had the 680 Xfinity, and full weekend with the one truck. Busy weekend, Brett Griffin, spotter for Colleg Racing, fresh out of Phoenix International Raceway. Is it still Phoenix Race International? I don't think it's, I think it's just Phoenix, Phoenix Raceway. Raceway. Now. It's not international anymore. No, it's not international. Not international. shame. <laughs> What's up, Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace, Landon Castle, Derek Krause this weekend. Pretty solid weekend. Hey, Case. Oh, Casey nope. is not here. Oh. Where is Casey? Still in still, Phoenix. We've lost Casey. Like. She's still in Phoenix. Yep. 
Uh, what's up, Jason? Hey, Jason Schultz, DBC producer, fresh back from Phoenix as well. You went to Phoenix? Jason, Jason now understands why we don't want to record in the mornings <laughs> yeah. on a on a. Where do you West go Coast, oh, yeah. Yeah. for five hours <laughs> from the West Coast? What did like, you fly? Commercial? Yeah, what did you fly back? I'm fine with a team, but uh, Saturday night. Oh, oh so, you, so, so even easier. Yeah. So you yeah. had all day yesterday to catch up. Yeah, that yeah. time change thing was weird. It was like three hours, then change, and then all the way back. Oh, so, you're young. You'll be fine. We got yeah. a, we got one of my favorite people in the sport in the house today. The guy who won his first Cup Series race faster than any other driver ever won a Cup Series race. In his second start, I remember watching that race. Going, look at Jamie go get it, uh, my buddy Jamie Murray. What's up, dude? Yeah, it uh, excited to be here. This, you know, I, I am uh, I am a fan. First off, of this show, I listen to this. I've listened to probably every episode last three years, and and I have contemplated whether I want to come on or not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not for the reason that that you would think. I, I run, you know, a lot, and and I listen to the show, and I run, and so I'm like, if I come on, I'm not going to listen to the show, and you so I'm going to find something else to listen to. So, no, I'm excited to be here, though. It's it's fun, fun also as we've been kind of getting going today, just to see the process of how this works. First first podcast I've been a part of, like actually on a set. So yeah, excited to be here, guys. First time I've seen you with a shirt on in years. All right, I'm going to go ahead and, and get the, <laughs> just, just clear that up because everybody gives me a hard time. Uh, the reason that it okay. In, <laughs> Uh, I hope this is a good one. I see you every morning at 7.30. Here's the thing. If you have ever run before and you have, which clearly none of you have. I was going to say, you're at the wrong table. Clearly this table is not the running table. Um, But but, but when I get to my point, everyone's going to understand here. Um, If you run for any long period of time, you will realize that uh, even as a man, you have breast. Okay. Some bigger than and, those. And, and some clearly... <laughs> Freddie has at, chesticles. At different, different those, are sizes. Che- those are chesticles, I mean. And when you sweat, your shirt turns into sandpaper, and, and it, it chafes you. And your so, nipples? Yeah, your nips, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. so so, um, so I just, I just, I don't remember the shirt on because otherwise you'd just spend every day bleeding in the shower. And, and that's the, that's the, I, I like it when it's hot enough out that I don't need a shirt. So I can save my nipples if I don't run. You could, you could say, <laughs> I right. thought about this. You're probably like a C cup. If I just had to guess. <laughs> so wait a minute. I got it. So the, I'm not sure I buy this theory because how do you explain the Cabo shirt off thing? Well, <laughs> I don't remember the Cabo story, but, uh, you know, the, the Pete Pablo twist the, swing. Oh, yeah. That, that like was a you. Helicopter. Yeah, that uh, was you. I, I have never done that running, though. I will clarify. That was a long time ago, TJ. You, you can't bring up old times here. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I do, like you, Brett, does joke around. I, I love running. That's kind of turned into my passion. And so, um, hot out, I have with no shirt on. How many miles do you run a week? Typically, uh, it depends. Uh, I, I'm going to do about 65 miles this week. Oh my god! Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a marathon in like that's like from here to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> that's not. That's I'm not, not true. I'm not going to drive 65 miles this week. <laughs> he legitimately <laughs> will not. <laughs> I, you know, so let me, let me back up here because I started running uh, f- four years ago when I started in Josh Wise's program. Josh introduced me to running. And, and I had never, at least I could not remember ever running more than four or five miles at, at a time. And I was the guy that always complained that my knees hurt or I couldn't do it. And, and Josh got me introduced to running and it, it's turned into a passion. And, and at one time, you know, 20 miles a week was a lot. Then 40 miles a week was a lot. And I've run up to about 80 miles a week wow. uh, in the middle. But it's, it's, uh, it's a really good, like my, it's, it's kind of my getaway now that I don't have racing. It gives me something to, I look forward to it every day. You know, and, and it's it's hard to explain to people that don't like running, but it it makes my day better. Like yeah. it honestly puts me in a better place and 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 I just I enjoy going out. 
it also gives me time for my work to kind of think about what I want to talk about on a show. I listen to shows like this, um, not because I agree with what you guys necessarily say all the time, but I like getting everyone's perspective. Like when I watch a wreck that's happened or, or just a, a topic that's going on in NASCAR, I like hearing everybody's perspective and then kind of taking all those thoughts and, and being able to, to, to come up with my own. So running, I listen to hours, eight, eight or 10 hours a week of podcasts, some of them racing related, um, some of them not, but it kind of gives you time to think and, and, you know, just kind of digest everything you want to talk about. Cool. I got to ask you real quick before we dive into all this other stuff, man, what's Carter up to these days? Is he racing? Uh, yeah, we're, we're a go-kart racer. Yeah. We've got some work to do though. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, it's been the, the best experience and probably the most frustrating. And I say frustrating because you assume as a dad that your kid knows more than they do. Uh, and, and, and it's, a, you know, it's, it, it's a little different in racing because he's been around racing his whole life. So he kind of has the, the jargon or the talk, like, cause he's heard it forever, yeah. but he doesn't know. Right. And, and, and I assume that he knew a lot of stuff. And so it's been hard. He, he by himself is as fast as anybody in a cart, but you know, racecraft comes in and, and we don't get to race a lot. And, and part of that's because of my work and, and just the commitment level that it takes to go to all the racing. But yeah, we're still doing a lot of karting. We're going to race this weekend out here. We're blessed to have GoPro so close. So, you know, lots of competition, a great track. Um, but yeah, Carter, he's doing that. My little girl's she's into horses. Oh, so cool. I picked two really expensive. inexpensive uh, <laughs> sports, but I'll tell you my little girl, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give her credit real quick because she, she's younger and she's, she's tough and she has to be tough because, because she has an older brother, but she, um, she actually has started working at the barn right there uh, as you enter the, the neighborhood you live in. Yeah. Um, she, she's, she's nine years old and she's working three hours a day, a awesome. couple of days a week, um, in this barn. Uh, because she loves it. Um, but it also is a way for her to kind of pay for her lessons. And I've told her, I'm like, look, you do that. I'm like, I will pay you the difference in that because I just think that what you learn, um, about hard work and, and getting better and, and, and just, that's how life is, right? Like nothing is free in life. And so to me, she's getting just invaluable experience. So you're one of the guys that came up, your dad went go-kart racing with you, um, instrumental part of your career. You didn't have a lot of money behind you. Like, you, you you were one of the few that came up without a rich dad. It uh, yeah, uh, my um, my dad was a part salesman for a, a, a company. It was mainly performance. They make they make rods, pistons, valves for engines, but a lot of racing stuff as well. So he was always involved in racing. And my mom was a school teacher. And and no, we we didn't have a lot of money. And we were really lucky to be able to like my whole career because I have people all the time ask me at the go kart track about you know about Carter trying to make it, you know, in racing and how, what, what path their kid can be on. And the reality is there's no, there's no, like, unless you just have a really rich parent, that's, that's a guaranteed path if you want to buy your way. But if you're not buying your way, everyone has a different path and it could be carts, it could be quarter midgets, it could be late models. It's, I think there's a lot of different ways to get there, but I was really fortunate because throughout my entire career, right when I thought this is probably it, it's it's probably over, the next thing came along and and that could be the opportunity I got to go run late models. And then when that was going to run out, I got this opportunity from Mike Mittler to go run trucks and it wasn't a good team, but it got me an opportunity with like the next, next level of a truck team. And then the uh, Bush series, Xfinity series. I mean, it's just like, it wasn't, it was really hard. And there were a lot of times I'm like, this is not going to happen. And just the next thing kept coming along. What about the Sterling thing? Obviously he got hurt, right? He, yeah. So Sterling, uh, I, I got signed. 
I'd say a good story. And you might know the story. I was, um, I was in a Harris Teeter grocery store, which is the, the, the chain in this area. And I was shopping and I, I it might've been on like a Sunday and, and I had an agent and he called and he's and and I see it's him. And I, I'm like, I, I don't want to talk. And do you remember the old next cell phones? You get square people out. Remember yeah. that's what you yeah. said. Oh, I'm yeah, square yeah. them out. Right. Yeah. You don't talk to him. So I, yeah. I squared him out. And, um, he left me a voicemail. And so I, I answered the, you know, I listened to the voicemail and he's like, listen, he's like, I, I need you to call me back. This is, this is urgent. And so he called me back and he's like, you're not going to believe it. He's like, but he's like, Chip Ganassi and Felix Sabatis have called. Cause I, I didn't know where I was going to race in, in 2003, I guess so this would be 2002. He's like, they want to talk to you. And so I, I left my buggy right there in, in the Harris Teeter grocery store full of groceries. And I went home so I could call my mom and dad. And I'm like, you're not going to believe it. But like, like I think like the opportunity is is coming along and and it was huge for me because I I didn't come for money as you mentioned and and my parents didn't have a way of, of of funding that type of a level so it was it was pretty cool but I got that opportunity to go drive for Chip and Felix they 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 signed me and we made the announcement at Richmond which I don't remember what race there might have been ten races to go and it was like the next week at Kansas Sterling broke his neck he got got in the got in a wreck at Kansas. Um, came home and got x-rays and it was, it was fractured. And, you know, they told him he couldn't race and, and, and they, they ended up putting me in his car. And that was, that was just the, the craziest time of my life because I've never been that nervous because you get, you got to think back. I, I was, you know, I, I hadn't won a truck race or an Xfinity series race at the time. And I got signed to, to run this car for Ganassi. And all of a sudden I, I was just happy to have the moment and then they were going to put me in the car that was leading the points. I mean, it'd be, it would be like, you know, the points leader, you know, seven races to go this year, guy getting hurt and just throwing an unknown in that. It's pretty nerve wracking. And Talladega was my first race. Um, I'd never made a green flag pit stop. And we went to Talladega and there was no caution flags. Ran the entire race with no caution flags. They then threw the green flag at Charlotte and we ran like the first three pit stops with no caution flag. So I, I'd never made a green flag pit stop, and I'd made seven of them in a row in, in my Cup Series debut. A lot of practice. Um, it was a lot of practice, um, but it was, it was pretty, pretty remarkable. And it, I'll tell you, it was an awkward moment in victory lane because they gave me a phone with Sterling. Like, it was on TV. They, they give me a cell phone with Sterling on it. And, and I, as excited, as excited as I was... I immediately put myself in, in his shoes and I'm like, here he is sitting at home. And I know he's acting like he's happy for me, but he's not right. I mean like that's his, his car. car. Yeah. yeah no, no, there's no driver that wants his car to do well when he's not in it, especially not me. Like that, you know, was like, <laughs> Who's this kid? who the hell is that guy? Right. I mean, I was known for hair. He had new kids on the block. I, I, I had frosted tips. Right. Like, that's what I was. For. So like, it was just the, I mean, but it was, it was an awkward moment, but it was, it was also an incredible moment to be able to, to win that early. And, and that, you know, helped me for years after. Yeah. So from there, obviously Ganassi signs you, you, you race with those guys, you leave to go to Roush. Roush didn't work out so well. Other than the fact that we got free crown Royal every weekend. Yeah. Roush, Roush was, um, so, so Ganassi that I try to explain this Ganassi if you did well, Chip didn't call normally. Like he didn't call and pat you on the back when you did well. He always called when things didn't go well. He would call me, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. And he never, he never blamed the driver. It seemed, and he might've, he might've behind your back. He might've to the crew chief and everybody else. But to you, he was like, listen, we're going to get the cars fixed. It was, he, he just, I always felt like he believed in me. And that was huge because as a driver, the mental side of this is, is, is 90% of it. It's so big to have confidence 
And Chip always, always was like, you know, we're going to get the cars fixed. We're going to get the cars fixed. And then I went to Roush and Jack, Jack was like, you, you could be drowning. And he put his head on top of your, his foot on your head. I mean, he just like, it was just totally different environment. And they always joked around over there that there were five teams and that was the five dogs. And there was only four bones thrown on the floor and you better get one of the bones because, because it's just, nobody worked together at that time. Like there was the five teams over there and they all, no one, sh- I mean, it was horrible. The, the, that was just a, that was a, a, a terrible experience. And that's what made me appreciate the opportunity when I got to go back to, to drive for chip is that I just, I didn't appreciate how, how good it was at Ganassi until even though Roush had won all these races and championships, the culture at, at Roush at that time was not good. Yeah. Not healthy. You go back to Ganassi, you have so many best years of your life. Mm-hmm. And in the same year you win Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400. Yeah. It, um, I mean, a lot of that was confidence in getting to go back there. Uh, we also had ECR engines that year, which were just, I just remember on restarts, like it didn't, as long as there wasn't an ECR engine in front of you, you were going to pass whoever was in front of you. It was amazing how, how much power they had. We had really good super speedway cars, which the Daytona, we, I think we, we won the, we won Daytona. We won Indy. We almost won won the Coke 600. Finished second in the Coke 600. A caution came out. I remember that. Won the fall Charlotte race. I finished second in the Southern 500. I think I finished second or third at Bristol night race that year. Like it was just. And didn't make the playoff that year. I know. I know. That's why they changed the rule. Yeah. Yeah, Because it got like you deserve to be in. Yeah. Well, I I, see, I don't, I don't totally agree with that. I, I, I. I mean, we didn't run well enough. We were really good at mile and a half, and we were really bad everywhere else. Mile and a half and road courses, I was fine at. The short tracks that year, we weren't very good at. And we, we had these, like, really low lows. Like, when, when it was before. Here, here's the thing that, that's hard to relate to in today's world is that because of simulation, you don't have bad, bad days. Like, your bad day, you're, you're just a little bit off. But if you get track position, you can maintain in 2000, like five to 2010, when you had a bad day, you were five laps down. Like you were Kyle yeah. Busch the other day. Like, I don't yeah. know what happened to him at Martinsville. Right. Like he only oh, yeah. had three tires on his car. So something <laughs> wasn't good, right? Something was broke. But like you, you could have days like a lot. You could have multiple of those in a year. And it wasn't because something was broke. It was just, you just missed the setup. And it's, it's a little bit different now, but we, we had a lot of peaks and valleys in 2010. Yeah. yeah. So obviously Ganassi sells to track house. Were you surprised when that happened? Oh yeah, because I mean, nobody a, knew that was coming. Chip's a racer. No, nobody knew that was coming. But I'm gonna tell you something, and and people ask me a lot this year, and I don't know how much he sold it for, but it was it, it, it was it, a lot. It was plenty. It was plenty. That. <laughs> and it was plenty more than Chip Ganassi ever thought he was gonna get out of that. Because he, I mean, other than Everham, which I don't know, that was unbelievable that was too. He hit the lottery. Yeah. Um, other than Everham, I can't think of any race team that was sold that that the owner came out ahead on. So, so I would say people have asked me this year, like, man, you think Chip regrets selling that? Because, and I'm like, no, I'm like, I think, I think he's counting hundred dollar bills. <laughs> thanking God every day that he was able to sell this because in all the years that I was with Chip, the IndyCar program, it didn't, it didn't take care of itself, but they always were a contender for the championship. They always won multiple races a year. They just, even the, the sports car team, it just always contended to win the Rolex 24 hours a day. I mean, like it, he had all the success. And with the exception of, of me in 2010, Sterling, like, and, uh, and early on in 2002, and then Kyle Larson kind of in like 17, yeah. whatever year that was, yeah. 
all the other years pretty hard, pretty yeah. tough. And yeah. and it was it, it was never sustainable. And it wasn't because I mean Chip spent the money. Like yeah. I you know Chip always would tell me, you know if if you ask for something, he's like if you can justify to me why we need twenty five thousand dollars worth of breaks or why you need this or that, he's like we will buy it. We will we will sell sponsorship. We'll figure out how to get it. But we're not just going to buy things because they're shiny and and have chrome on them, right? Like. So he he spent the money he he had he was doing everything it wasn't like he was cutting corners it's just hard it's just really hard to be successful at the cup level there was only one time I was ever mad at Jamie and we were standing in Elliot's bus and uh, it got announced literally with you standing there you were mad yeah I was mad they got announced that Juan Montoya was coming from F one to Ganassi and I looked at Jamie I'm like why the f- didn't you tell me that like I, I didn't know <laughs> you well no didn't? I, I wasn't I wasn't there then no 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 I, because that was I, well, here's the thing. I remember Juan coming to Talladega in like 2000, whatever, I don't know what year he came to Cup, 2007 or 2008. And I remember he came to the Talladega test and I was a huge fan. Like, I'm like, this guy's a legend, right? Yeah. This is Juan. I, I just. Formula One guy. Yeah. yeah I mean, Indy and, 500 winner, Indy champ, and eight Juan, time F1 Juan winner. reeked of confidence, right? I mean, like when he walked in, I mean, he <laughs> strutted. Like it was, it was like incredible. Now that changed a little bit as he was my teammate over the years. <laughs> I got to know him a little better, but but I mean it was huge for him to come over, um, and I, I didn't I didn't I didn't see that coming. And I, and I think just like Chip selling uh, the race team to Trackhouse, no one knew about that. I was working for Ganassi even when, when that sell happened, and and people as as high up as you can go did not know. I think that was strictly between Chip and Justin, and I, I, no one else knew about it, and. And that's why it was that why it was, it was such a good secret. But Juan coming over, I, I believe, was the same thing. Like I don't know that Juan had a lot of options in F one, and he had a relationship with Chip, and yeah. and that was you know everybody wanted to come over and, and do Cup in that era, right? It was as popular, probably even more popular than it is right now. Yeah. Are you done driving a Cup car? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I you know. COVID made me want to race again. Like everybody that started maybe a podcast in COVID, you got bored, right? You were at home. Uh, I, I did. I want, like, I was like, man, I would like to go back and do this. Cause I, I just had nothing, nothing going on at home. Um, but getting to go back and run the 500 a couple of times. Well, first of the first year I came back and did it. I obviously hadn't been on the car. I was, you know, just, it was like going into the following year that wasn't a big deal at all. And I knew all the guys on my team and I kind of knew how, what we were going to do to the car and, and the changes you want to make. But then I, t- I took the next year off and I did the Daytona 500 the following year. And, and that was hard. Like, I, I mean, I still kind of knew the guys, but I knew less about the cars. Um, and people don't, you know, I, it's so hard to explain that they race, people race you differently when you're an outsider. And I, I was an outsider because I wasn't a known, like, what's he going to do? How's he been doing? Like, you know, when you go to a plate race, I'm sorry, I can't say that because I don't have plates anymore. Yeah, but when we you go to a that. super speedway race, you, you know, part of what made me good at that at the time is that everyone would, if I made a move, they're like, he's probably going to get to the front. I'm going to go with him, right? Or, or I was, I mean, the other thing that I always did and I would tell anybody that's a speedway guy now is that I wasn't scared to be a pusher. I didn't have to lead. Like I was willing to push whoever the fast car was and just run second until it was maybe time to race for the win. When I came back in, in like 20 or 21 and I ran the, the 500, I'm like, oh my God, like nobody wants to help me. And it, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that makes it hard. I finished okay in the race because I missed all the wrecks, but it's just, it's really hard. And now that the car is different, I would love to go drive one of those cars 
but no, I, I just, my son wants me to do it still. He's like, what, what if, what if? And I'm like, what if hell no is what I'll tell you right now. <laughs> oh. what, was, what was your last win? Talladega? I, you won Talladega. Yeah, I think the all-star race was actually my last, like points one would be Talladega. Yeah. Cause you want a lot of, you want a lot of money in yeah, big races. I, I was really fortunate. And you know, I'll tell you, I, I don't know if anyone knows this. When I went back to Ganassi, there was not a lot of sponsorship at, at the time. And, and we had Bass Pro and we were trying to get McDonald's signed on. We didn't even have them signed at the beginning of the year. And the way that my con, you know, the way a lot of good drivers contracts are structured even today is a base salary and then a percentage of what the car brings in. And the way that, cause Chip wasn't even promising me when I came back in 2010 that he'd run the car the whole year. So like when we, when we won the Daytona 500, there was, no, there was no guarantee we were going to run every single race. We thought that we were going to, but we didn't know. And so the way that he was able to do that is they took, let me think exactly how to word this. They paid me a, a smaller salary. And then I got 90% of everything the car brought in. Minus. Minus what the starting last place, uh, last place finish was. So yeah. if, it, if, it paid, uh, if it paid a million dollars to win, and it paid 100000 to start, I got 90% of the delta of 900000 So it's really good when you win the Daytona 500 because <laughs> it really pays $1.8 million to win, and it pays 200000 to start. And you can do the math. So you so, started the year off pretty much yeah, good. Like yeah. The all-star race pays a million dollars to win. It doesn't pay anything to start, right? So like those, those are really good. Where it's bad is if you wreck or you blow up, you just get zero. Like, I mean, because yeah, you, get, you get nothing. That's and like so actually a good ad. That's a, it, it's not a bad, I mean, if you're going to run well, it's good. incredible. And it's a little incentive I, too, though. I, I remember being, I think it was at the 500 and the, the, the CFO, um, not for the, well, he was for the race team, but it was also for, for Chip up in Pittsburgh you know, he was a, a numbers guy, right? And he's always thinking, and, and I remember being in like victory lane and he's like, this was just, this was just not a good deal for us. You know, like, <laughs> like he was, you know, Chip didn't care. Cause it did I mean, he was just, Chip wants to win. But like, yeah. I just remember that guy's like, like he was doing the math. Like, yeah, he's we shouldn't victory, have done this. Yeah, he's you know? in victory lane <laughs> mad about how much money you made. That's all right, yeah. Oh, that's so true. That's awesome. Jason, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I want to give a shout out to all the DBC fans. I saw the Phoenix too. Like, I know y'all go every week. You get us all week, but I was blown away by how many people were like huge fans of the show, like more than ever. So it's been a big. We've year been telling you worldwide. Yeah, right? I mean, worldwide. I, mean, I, it, I, I paid thirty six dollars yesterday for a cheeseburger and French fries, and I was over in the corner in the shade eating it. And the whole time I was eating it, people were hollering at me, and I'm like, I get my fat ass to sit on this sidewalk eating this thirty six dollar cheeseburger. <laughs> well, well, so how much was the burger? Eighteen. And, and the the fries were the fries had to be like two potatoes because it was this big. Oh, so um, it, it was so a you got big, full. It was I, I threw the fries away. You had to go to the bathroom yeah. halfway through the race. So I, apparently I, it worked. I did, right? Apparently it worked. Yeah. Thirty thirty six dollars for a, a burger and fries. I don't think that's fair. I don't either. That's and fair. then because he's too good for our group, me, he didn't realize that lunch was being delivered. Yeah, the racetrack delivered us lunch. The racetracks have really stepped it up the last few weeks. We got barbecue delivered yesterday. Chip Wild, Steve Phelps came by, saw us before the race. Appreciated that. We had hot chocolate on for the truck race. It yeah. was good. And we it was hot. <clears throat> it was awesome. My, I passed it was the, the truck race. It taste, was some of the best hot chocolate I've ever my had. My taste buds are still singed. <laughs> somebody told me, that's hot. And I said, all right, it's fine. I mean. Wow, that's really 
Nah, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> like, what an idiot. I should just give myself good one Lord. Uh, but yeah, no, to your point, Jason, I did see a lot of people, and uh, they did run us all the way up to number six in all Apple Sports, Sports Podcast, Podcast last yeah. week. I don't know how the hell that's possible. It Barstool but ESPN. It's Barstool Door ESPN, Door Bumper Clear. <laughs> so uh, I, when I seen I thought you were kidding. When you sent no, me that I picture, I was like, this is, I don't know, you're that good with Photoshop. Who, who's number one? Uh, pardon my pardon take. Pardon my take. Barstool does. Basically, now. If, if basically, yeah. if it wasn't football season, we would have been like number yeah. one. I think we've been highest <laughs> consistent non-football podcast for the last 10 weeks. <laughs> but Damn. yeah, uh, that's all thanks to you guys. And to your point, yeah, uh, Julie, uh, what's her last name? I guys. Guys. Uh, she, the president of, or the, I guess, former president, now there's somebody else taking over. Yeah. She yep. was going out this week. Uh, helped us out a lot this week. Like you said, brought stuff up on the roof, treated us great. We've seen Phelps. We've seen Tim Berman come up, uh, Chip Weil. So like we talked about on here a couple weeks ago, it's just nice. It's it's a small token on their part, but it means a lot to us on the roof. So look, we appreciate look, The culture it. of the sport has got to change. We cannot have Jimmy Johnson, a seven-time champion, showing up at the racetrack, standing in line to get a hot pass. Like that's a, that's a bad look for the leadership. Do you, Jamie? <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he's just a I normal stood in line dude. for a pass. You should. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not a seven-time champ, but like, I mean, like, I, if Jimmy Johnson really wanted a hard card, I'm sure he could have called. I you think that whole thing kind of happened last second. I don't know. I, I, I understand. What I would say that should be grandfathered into it. Just I, I get think, it in the mail. I think it is fair, and I've heard you, you guys, not complain, but but talk about this for, for the last couple of months. It it is amazing how a simple gesture of whether it's hot chocolate or, or food or just come, someone coming up and saying hi, like how, how that's a game changer for the rest of your weekend and, and how, it, how contagious them, you know, so Steve Phelps doing that and then how you would spread the word throughout your team or throughout fans or whatever. Like you do enough of that and all of a sudden it becomes like the culture completely shifts. And, and I would agree with you that Steve Phelps has been, has been great. Like he just, like I remember when they announced him, I, I didn't know a lot about Steve and he actually sat down with me he, he was at the Ganassi summit one year and I was at the hotel eating breakfast all by myself. He happened to be sitting at the booth like two over for me. And he, he's like, can I come sit with you? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really know. I'm like, this is going to get awkward because I don't really know him, but he has a way of just talking and, and making you feel comfortable. And so I think he's been really good. And, and I would agree with you that a culture shift is, is what that needs and small things like that go a long ways. Yeah. All right. Before we get started, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPath. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Well, we know people that can help you out. Our friends at OfferPad make the home selling process easier than ever before, and we can help you get started. Start by logging into OfferPad.com and fill out a form about your home. It takes less than five minutes to complete. After answering some basic questions about your home, OfferPad's real estate experts will get to work on your cash offer. OfferPad will send you that cash offer to your inbox within 24 hours. Then it's up to you on what you want to do next. But I have a feeling you'll want to take that free, no obligation offer immediately. If you need to make a move fast, OfferPad can get that done. You can sell without listing. There are no showings, and you pick your own closing day. Plus, if you're moving locally, a free move is included. Now is the time to sell your home, and you need to do it with OfferPad. OfferPad has markets all across the U.S., including in a lot of cities that we race in, like Phoenix. So if you live near a track and want to move, or want to move closer to a track, use OfferPad. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. 
spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, here we f-ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. Spot On, Spot Off, first topic. Phoenix Raceway's ability to produce an exciting championship race. Jamie, Spot On, Spot Off. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of both, and I know you're not supposed to be in the middle, but Phoenix has... So TJ does it every week. Yeah. So. I know, I know he does, but, but here, here, here's, here's why I say to my that. World. I don't, the track does not produce exciting racing. I get the restarts, they're great. I mean, it's so much fun. And then you're like, oh boy, we need a caution, right? But the facility is amazing. And I, so I, I think from a TV perspective, it's not a good race. I mean, it's, it, it's just, it's not exciting. But from a facility standpoint of going there and being at a cool venue and, and everything that they're doing around it, I think it's a 10. But racing-wise, no. Yeah, I mean, I I thought, which I was surprised by it, I thought the Xfinity race was really good. You know, I felt like they could be, they could race around each other a little bit more. It was not easier to pass, but they could at least compete and race with each other where yesterday you saw, you know, it was just, if you got out front, like Joey, I thought Joey was clearly the best car yesterday, but once he lost control of the race on that one set of pit stops and he got buried back about third or fourth, he was going to run third or fourth until they got, you know, another late caution and another restart. So it's just, to, to Jamie's point, I don't, we just, no matter what package we've ever had there, whether it's this car, the last car, high down force, low down force, it's just, we've just never really, to my recollection, put on a really good race there. Since 1989. Yeah. There has I not mean. been a good race there. <laughs> All right. That's a fact. So, so that means we shouldn't go there twice in my mind. And also means it shouldn't be our championship weekend. But if I look back at the weekend as a whole, I would give the Friday truck race a good race. I would give the Saturday race a great race. I would give the Sunday race a terrible race. So I have an idea. I don't think that I like all three champions happening on the same weekend. I feel like we lose the ability to really promote what's important to the sport, which on that particular weekend, let's not forget what pays the bills around here. It's the Cup Series. I wish that the Martinsville race would pay the truck champion. I wish that's where the truck championship would actually be. Then I wish we would go to Phoenix the next weekend and crown the Xfinity Series champion. And then the next race be a place that rotates. Maybe it's Bristol, maybe it's Homestead, maybe it's Atlanta, maybe it's wherever. There's a lot of places we can go in early November where the weather's not crappy. But I am not for us ever running another Cup Series championship weekend at Phoenix. And, and it, it sucks because, to Jamie's point, like the, the facility is amazing. The crowd was amazing. There was a lot of people there yesterday. Had to be 65,000 people there. It, like, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Well, I would, I'm going to disagree with Brett. The, the races were all pretty similar. Like, I, I, know, I feel like, like this is one of those things where, where I was telling you that I like listening to this podcast because it's a different perspective. And, and my perspective now is I'm not, in, I'm not engaged with a, a team. I, have no, I don't have a dog in the fight. I just sit back as a fan and I watch the races on TV. I thought they were all pretty similar. Like yeah. I, they had the green flag, we had the restart. And there was some pretty good racing in the Xfinity Series, with, but it was because we had all four championship guys in the front. Like the, that, yeah. the, the next-gen cars changed that because they were just spread out through the whole field. So to me, that's what made that not quite as exciting but I thought the racing was all, I thought it was all pretty similar. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I like championship weekend, but I also think it was cool. I've always liked the pictures where they get all three of the champions, like a homestead and Santa on the straightaway, you know, and 
take that picture like that, but that's a different racetrack. Um, this racetrack just doesn't, I, I'm agree with Jamie a little bit there. The Xfinity race, the 54 car was hands down the best car. I mean, all day. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly close. And I don't know, man, the, the, the truck race is pretty exciting. The one good thing about them all being there. And I, I saw a photo today, Jamie little posted a photo of, I saw, I saw there was four banners, like, stickers on the wall. And I'm like, why is there four? I'm like, was there? I didn't realize the ARCA race was there too. And so I, I take myself and I'm like, think if you're the guy that won the ARCA championship and you get to maybe be in the same photo as Joey Logano, right. I'm like, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. cool. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like I, I, I see your point, Yeah. but I also, I like that all being together because I think it's, I think that that's stepping stone it's dreams, right? Like, yeah. man, you get to be in the same photo as Joey Logano. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. All right. Next topic, Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott make contact on a restart that spins Elliot into the inside wall, taking him out of title contention. TJ spot on, spot off. Um, I mean, I'm spot off. Cause I think that kind of took, that was the, that was the race right there. That was where it was going to get exciting. And it kind of was like, all right, let's see what happens here. Oh, then it's gone. Um, but Ross made an aggressive move and, and, and chase kind of through, I don't know if maybe through a late block and they come together and, uh, the wreck happened, but I think that the the race was building up actually at that point. To me, it was like, okay, you know, the 22 had a bad stop, got back in some traffic a little bit, and next thing you know, he's starting side by side with the nine. The one's right behind him. 20's a row back, you know, so it's like, okay, here, this is starting to get interesting. Who's going to do what here? And they took the green, and it was like, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know. Watermelon, the uh, train struck again. So <laughs> I, we I call it the, I, uh, what I, do we call it, Freddie? Don't give a <laughs> to her. Yeah, the Ross yeah. Chastain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, man, I, I, the thing I'm most spot off for about this whole thing is Chase Elliott in these media sessions. He's our most popular driver. He's who I would say 80% of our fan base at least likes if they don't love him. I mean, he's the modern day Dell Jr. And when you walk into media center sessions where, He's the hot topic. He flat out won't talk. See, I like it. Here's why I like it. Why? Because I, I, I think the little bit of like, I feel like when we do interviews with Chase, like two ways, I'm like, it's a little, like he never really answers. It's a little mysterious. And I like that. I don't know. Like he's just always kind of reserved. And I, I don't, like, I don't know how to say it. Like there are some guys that you look at them and, and I won't say who, but you're like, he wants to be cool, but he's not, okay? <laughs> I think Chase Elliott is, is kind of cool. I kind of like that he doesn't it, it, it expose himself, and I don't know, I, I, I kind of like it. I get why, because at the end of the day, Mr. Hendrick and Napa are all he, that's, that's the two people he needs to keep happy, whoever right. the CEO of Napa is and, who, and Mr. H, right? So what he could say could be detrimental, but at the same time, like, I'm sitting here hanging on the fact that I want to know, did Ross Chastain wreck you or did you wreck yourself? And he won't tell so, you. But he, he, here's why. Is that I don't think he knows because I watched the, I, first off, I'm spot off. And here's why. It happened with a hundred laps to go. And it happened with Ross Chastain who Again. you just don't give the benefit of the doubt to, right? If, if, if it's anybody else, I'm like, well, I don't know. He was probably there, but it's Ross Chastain and there's a hundred laps to go. That's the move you make with on the last restart. Or, or maybe it's, it's, it's with 50 to go, but not a hundred, you know, with a hundred laps to go, we're going to get a caution. So Spot off, I think Ross was too aggressive at that point. But I think the reason Chase didn't answer is that I don't think he knows. I think he's like, I need to go back and watch. I need to go back and watch the in-car 
And when you're standing on pit road and they show you the replay, you're, you're kind of looking at it, but you're also, there's a lot going on. That's what Brett I, likes. He I, likes them reactions. I, I don't, I don't think you know at that moment because it was, if, if, <laughs> if the other thing is Ross went from like the penthouse to the <laughs> outhouse, the outhouse, right. Oh, yeah. It, it, I'm like, man, this guy was a rock star last weekend, and anyone he gained, he totally lost him in one move at Phoenix. But I don't, I don't think Chase knew who who, who was in the right or wrong there, because I, I think depending on which side of the uh, of the team you're on, you could have seen it either way. So I'm surprised. You, so you think that Ross was that was an aggressive move on Ross's part? Well, the, you, you know, when you pull to the bottom, well, first off. We saw Ty Gibbs on Saturday almost go too fast. Like he, we saw a lot of like, people all weekend. I, I, think. I would say you could have called that either way, right? That was pretty gray area. I'm glad they didn't call it, but you got you can't turn down too low. So I think Chase was being like a little cautious, not turning down below the start finish line too early. And Ross doesn't give a damn about anything, right? He just, <laughs> it's like there's no rules for him. So I, I to me that that I think it was too aggressive. Yeah, I yeah. do. That's fine. That's fair. I mean, I just, the way I looked at it was, and we talked about it on here, the, the restarts are the only chance you have to pass it's anybody, true. Yeah. you know, and if you're not aggressive on a restart and you just let, all right, I'm going to let him come down on me here. And you're still, now you're stuck behind him the rest of that run. And yeah, if going. we go green, we're done, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think that we put a lot of emphasis, um, you know, me and Bubba, me and Landon on, you know, it just make whatever forward momentum you can take, take it. Like if you get stuck behind somebody, you're going to kill yourself. And that's not, a, that's at every racetrack, not so much Phoenix, but I just feel like you're fighting for every inch. And especially it's a guy you're raising for the championship. If you have any opportunity to get in front of him at a place like Phoenix, you have to take it. And I think Ross, I mean, I don't think, I think Ross just stayed in it. You know, he pulled to the bottom. He was, he had a run on chase, pulled out a line and was taking the momentum going forward. And chase decided to come across his nose or I don't know if he didn't know he was there or what, but, but, but I think that goes back to what's happened in the 35 races before this. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's why you don't get the benefit of the doubt, right? Oh, yeah. Is because oh, no. 100%. You've, you've done maybe the wrong thing and all these other ones. So you're like, you're too aggressive. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, if it's anyone else, you're like, eh, it's, it's but why? So my question is, is you're the nine lining up. How do you not just fully expect that and take it away before it even happens? Well, it's hard to take it away before it happens because, like Jamie's point, if like I there was a couple times on Saturday, this I hate this rule at Phoenix because they don't call it correctly a lot. Well, it's tire. a terrible rule, but they should there should be a camera there, and if your tires touch a certain a cone or yeah. a, a line, it's penalty. It's yeah. just the fact because like there's a lot of times where I like on Saturday, I think it was Justin that was behind us. I was like, all right, you know, wait, you know, let me like, you're at the line now inside. Like, how is that possible? Know. You know what I mean? Like, I if I'm just at the line, how is there somebody on the inside man. of me? Same you thing. Know? I'm like, I'll cash down to it. You can cut now inside. So. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way. How do you do that? Yeah. Like, so, like, there's guys that cheated. And then the, I feel like the second that I tell Landon, okay, we can cheat here a little bit, they'll be like, all right, post a 10. That'll, you know, it's like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. so it's, it's, but I, I just hate they need that. They need to clean that up. Because, they need to clean it up. I mean, we saw it. I thought I didn't see it. You had told me about it because you were watching it on TV. The truck race, the 30, somebody had told me the 38 was close. I saw the one. They played it on the big screen at the racetrack with, with Ty. I thought, I was like, wow, he's, a, he's, he's, he has broke the plane of the car in front of him and he's not to the start finish line yet. Remember that video from, was it last year? Is that what you yeah. talking Yeah. No, I was talking about this year, but yeah, I mean, it was last, last year, year too. too. I yeah. mean, he's inside the guy before the start finish line turned yeah. it down. And it, and, but there's no reason not to because they're not going to call it. I mean, it, yeah. they call it on the guys that aren't racing for anything. They called yeah. it on the 42 truck. You know, they, they got somebody else. Yeah. So it's like, they just, like, all right, we're watching this just so you guys know. But you aren't even racing anybody, <laughs> but post the 42. Yeah. So I, I just hate that rule there. And I don't know, there's no way to combat it. I don't know what you do to change it. But I mean, it's just like, mm. 
that rule is always seems to be come up at that race. Especially. It's the only thing at Phoenix that is exciting ever is when you take the green and those guys fan out 75 wide. Yeah, that's fine. Just put us all in the same I I I know, but I mean, look, we're we're already overly officiated. Oh, yeah. We have too many rules. Caitlin Vincey sat where Jamie's sitting last week and said, NASCAR is a hard sport to learn. We don't need to make it harder. So why do we even... Y'all are all right. It's... it's, Why even wait till the start finish line? You take the green. I said that for years. And people I mean, you say got, it's too, you can't, you got to stay in line until the start say finish creates, line. But people say it creates too many wrecks. Yeah, but the start finish line deal is not going to go away. Or I, maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, Could you imagine that? No, I, no I don't, more. I don't. I think it's an easy fix. I, I mean, I think that you just enforce it every single time. And if you do, people are going to wait a little bit longer oh, so they don't yeah. get penalized. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's the. And I think the drivers would be okay with that because I know Chase Elliott would be because it was it was marginal when Ron Ross turned down. So if you enforce it, it just goes away and no one does it. But you got to enforce it. But you got to enforce it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have to have another rule. We just have to enforce the rule that's there. It's like the yellow line rule at Daytona, right? It's it's easily enforced until the last lap. And then that's a super hard rule to enforce. Yeah, but I think because there's a rule there, people are very conscious of it, right? Like you're like, ooh, don't give a lie. Yeah. So if you know that. forgetting about Talladega already? (laughs) I mean, we just had a truck race (laughs) where somebody didn't get penalized. I don't know who it was. You know what we're talking about, right? I do. And and, But I I also remember, I think it's a little bit different if you get hit in the door and shoved down. And I I, I don't remember 100%, but I believe it was Matt DiBenedetto got hit in the door and got pushed down. Yeah. So I I feel like there is an exception to to every rule. And, and I, I, I'm with you when I saw, I thought the same thing, but, but I feel like he got forced down there. So I don't know. We agree. Yeah. But then Ben should have been penalized for forcing him down there. That the, the rule is, you know, you can, they force, they, they penalize both ways. Either you go below the yellow line, yes. right. Or you've been forced but below the yellow line. Did Ben not get hit also? I, I don't know that because it's hard they to talk claim, about it now. No, they, no, he, I mean, Ben forced him down there, but they, their reasoning was that Ben was avoiding a wreck that Another was happening wreck, five yeah. cars behind him. Right. Um, so, but you know, it, it was, it is what it is, but no, it's a, it's a no win. Yeah. Right. No, like if you do it so hard, it's a no win. I, I would hate to be in the position sometimes to, to make some of the calls they have to make. And it's so honestly, it's, it, uh, it's so easy to to talk about it now and, oh, and, yeah. and to look at it and be like, well, this is what you should have done. <laughs> yeah, but, we don't we don't make the decision they, in they real time. They make it in, in three minutes. They have or two minutes. They're yeah, trying less to make it. Yeah. yeah. All right, spot on, spot off. We got three champions crowned. Joey Logano wins the 2022 Cup Championship. TJ, spot on, spot off. Oh, uh, this is a good one. What do you got, dog? For him or the team? <laughs> Yeah. Can you do two different ones? Is there hard feelings? I spot off. I mean, I, I see an hey, a, you know what said, is there hurt feelings? I did see an XDVC question that came in today that said uh, maybe I Haley maybe Haley needs to get rid of TJ because the last two guys have fired you won championships the next year. I, well, I well, worry, you quit one, yeah. I worry for Coleman because <laughs> now when Joey doesn't win a championship, he's out. Out. He, Joey's going to need his 34th spotter <laughs> in eight years. Nobody has fired, and I told you this when you took the job of Joey Logano, nobody has fired more spotters than Joey Logano and now Todd Gilliland. Like those are two guys that when you sign up to spot for them, you better be ready to get your next job in the next three to four years because it's coming. That's the first thing you change. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's still butthurt, Jamie. He is. No. Uh, you know what? Those are, are you, you know, it's, No, it's not really. It's um, it's hard to find. Like Roger, it's hard not to be happy for Roger and them guys. And 22 groups, a great group of guys as well. And, um, you know, Joey had a great year. He did, a, he did everything he had to do this year and um, really successful – I mean, it wasn't even close. 
It really was. Well, close. I mean, you, you go back and look at it, and and they they had the most time to work on Phoenix. They mm-hmm. won the first race in the in the final in the, the round of eight, and then that that just gave them three weeks to focus on Phoenix, and they, they didn't have to. I, mean, I really think that matters as well because I was looking at like JRM had to build three championship car or three championship people here, and the fifty four takes one, you know, and so they're all their focus is on one, and I think that you know when we won an eighteen. We won Martinsville and took what the next couple races. Um, so, yeah. Let, let me ask you something. If I told you you had to pick the the two most important races of the year, wh- which two would you pick? The two Phoenix uh, races. Well, the one, <laughs> two before the end of the championship, whatever it is, the first race you can win to get into the cha- the the playoff. So, so, so that that that's interesting. You said it because if if I heard Joey Logano say. The two most important races of the year. And before he finished his sentence, I'm like, oh, he's going to say the Daytona 500 and he's going to say oh, Phoenix, no. right? Like, and he, he said, nope, the, it's the first race in the round yeah. eight is the most, well, the first oh, most important yeah. race and then Phoenix. And yeah. then the last one. And, yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, that's such an interesting mindset because it, it does give you the two weeks. And I don't even know if it's the two weeks to prepare as much as it's two weeks of not the stress and the, and the people, I don't think people can appreciate oh how hard it is on the teams and the drivers and everybody, the stress just trying to get in. And then you get in, you're like, oh, thank God. And you're like, oh, my God, now oh, we got to go gets. race. You know, like, <laughs> it's actually starting now. I yeah. can't tell you, when we were driving home from Martinsville, that was the easiest two weeks of my life to go to, to, go to Homestead that year and race for that championship. It was so... Man, so we were, relaxed. I, I was looking down at the spotter stand. You could see all these guys, and everyone's like, t- you know, the guys race for the points. Everyone's all nervous and, you know, tensed up and everything. And we're just sitting there like, hmm, well... We win, we win. If we, you know, we're going to race for championship no matter what. So it is a huge pressure. Like the pressure's off until you get to the final race. Obviously it's back there for that, but it is, it's, it's huge. Like what you were talking about. I don't know if it's by accident, but I feel like a lot of credit needs to be given to how fast he was on short run speed, because it didn't seem like after 60, 70 laps, he had the same speed as some of the other guys, but he was so fast on the front end of those runs, and I don't think that was by accident. I think whatever they went into with their mental approach to that race was to be fast, get gone, and that's exactly what they did the whole race. That's his strength all year, though. He was really fast in short runs. When he lost track position, he fell a lot, but <clears throat> Joey's a, I mean, he gouges. He gets good pit stops and gouges and gets back up there, and then um, I do think that's been their strength all year has been short run speed. When, when I look at the three names here, Logano, Gibbs, and Zane Smith, the thing that I like about the three names is they were the three fastest cars or trucks at that race. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, the, they, like at one point in the race yesterday, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, this might come down, this might run out of gas. Like yeah. that's going to be horrendous. But those three guys, to me, at that race, and, and really if you look at the season overall, you could make the argument that Noah was maybe more had a better season overall than than what Ty Gibbs did, but that all those three guys had had remarkable seasons. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Christopher Bell, Noel Gragson, and Ben Rhodes as the three guys I wanted to see win, and none of them won. So don't take me to Vegas. But you, you talk about Ty Gibbs. Um, I thought he drove the best race of his entire Ever. career and of his entire Ever. career. Totally, because when I was watching this race play out, you know, not only is Ty in a fast car, right? He and Chris Gale have been fast all year. But everybody's racing the dog food hey, out of him. Noah just tormented him. Like it, it was crossing him over. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm watching that and I'm like, Noah is just like, just hit me once. Just hit me one time and give me a reason to like go off because I'm going to send you. And Ty never did it. Like he never passed did it. him, raced him clean. All it was, it was unbelievable to watch. And I can't imagine that, that they had to be coaching him on the radio a little bit. Like, 
deep breath. Don't get, you know, we've got the best car, but he did, he did an incredible job. Didn't make anyone mad. I don't think he touched anyone all day long. No. And, and he should have, he could have, oh, he had every right to, I mean, no, Noah, and even, I mean, there was one point that he's like trying not to hit Noah. And then Algar got by both of them and it, you know, he had the fastest car, but it took him 50 laps to pass him back. It was hard to pass, yeah. but he was able to do it. And that's hit why you made him Ross Chastain moves, man. <laughs> it takes forever <laughs> to pass right. back. Cup car is even worse. I did see it. He did put the bumper to Justin one time. And I, I was like, I, I, was, it. I saw it right. It was right in front of us in three and four. And I was like, he don't care either. Like he's going to, if it's got to do what he's got to do, you know, and I don't blame him because like you said, if, if he let Justin get away in the beginning of the run, it would take him a long time to get him. So that was, that was when they, they traded the lead back and forth there for a couple laps. But yeah, I did see him one time. He put the bumper to Justin in the three a little bit, but those cars are but, so fun to watch though. Oh, yeah. Cause they're sliding at the same time when a cup car breaks loose, it's big. Like it, there's no like, yeah, see that I'm like, I'm glad you bring that up because that's one of the things that, that I hear you guys say here that, that I don't completely agree with is that you like you you guys I feel like always praise the Xfinity car but I think the cup car is I don't want to say harder to drive but to me and and I'm, I'm going to go back to like running like a sports car with a really low profile tire I feel like those guys would watch cup races and see how yawed out we would get and they're like how do you save that because I've, I've spun a cup car out a few times very very few but I've spun a sports car out four or five times in, in way less time being in a car going 30 miles an hour. It's just like, I feel like the low profile tire, it, it's a, it's a razor blade and you can't, you just can't yaw the goes, car it out. Goes. Yeah. You can't hang on to it. And so to me, I think it takes more skill to keep that right on the edge versus the Xfinity car. You can slide around a little bit more. Um, I guess I like the tools of being able to use the air more, um, you can pack air on them. You mean it does nothing in a cup car now. Yep. I, I think like, it's a, it's a different craft, right? Like I, oh, I feel 100%. like, I feel like we, we become accustomed to a certain type of racing and, and, and I like that too. I enjoy watching that. But, but what I also like is watching the best drivers figure out the next thing that you have to do. And they and just look so stuck to me in like slot cars. Well, the problem is because we, I, we just, I went to a test with Kurt at Phoenix in the beginning of the year and he like we ran all we ran two days, I think it was, and it was fine. The last run of the day, we he spun out and wrecked the car with like I don't know twenty minutes ago. So I got in the garage and I was talking to him, and he's like, "That's that was the first time I ran a hundred percent." He's like, "Because they, they they look stuck because they know that there's right. that line where they can't they like John. I was talking about last week when John Hunter wrecked at Homestead. You know, the he that was his first time in a Cup car." that he, you know, he found that line where there's there's just no, yeah. like in a truck or Xfinity car that he's been running, okay, I can get a little, I can get yawed out and save it where these things, there's, like to Jamie's yeah. point, it's a razor's edge. I like seeing like, dude, off a of turn four, how many times in Xfinity cars, you could see the guys just drive, chasing it up to the wall at the right rear and they're like, oh, and it almost hits it. The Cup cars don't ever really do that. There is, there's definitely an issue. Like to me, mile and a half's are really good. I think the mile and a half oh, racing the next gen car is really, yeah. like, and if you, if you go back, you know, 10 years, that was our worst racing. We had the most tracks and the short tracks and road courses. Were Charlotte good. was incredible this year. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, listen, if every mile and a half race at Charlotte was like what we had this year, there would be no such thing as the Roval. Yeah. Cause oh, we, yeah. We, never, we never would have made, we <laughs> yeah. never would have, we'd have two races there a year. We want to run the big track but, again. But they fall. have to work on the short track and road course program because those races, those races were not good this year. They're I mean, not, we're, not we're, literally, Watch. we're literally blocking, like taking a line away at the, at short track, like, Hey, you can't dime in the corner anymore because you're giving them that air on the bottom of Martinsville, right? Like, or the and, like and the shifting thing. I uh, like that yeah, they can shift because I think that takes another skill. But when they can downshift and then mat it because there's so much tire to get going, yeah. yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. That's the biggest thing I've noticed at Martinsville, especially, is like you used to be able to get a guy like if he overdrove the entry or totally, yeah. You know, like if you, like if he made a mistake yeah. in the middle, like you, okay, now I got momentum rolling yeah. to him, I can dive out of line. Now it's just like that guy makes the same mistake, <laughs> drops a gear, and floors, <laughs> yeah. and he takes off. And you're like, what? The, what yeah. happened? What yeah. just happened? Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and I think OD addressed that where he said this week that they, they you know, know that they're, they're gonna, yeah. they know there's a problem and they're going to work. You towards can't it. have it perfect. It. There's no way you're ever going to build it's, a race car. It's hard car. to balance oh, it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't have a perfect road course car, perfect mile and a half, and a perfect short track car. Yep. They got a speedway as they, well. They got about two years to figure it out because I got a feeling we might be ending at a, at a short track soon. So hopefully they get that figured out. <laughs> All right, Zane Smith, quick what, thoughts on his uh, impressive ability to get back up through the field and win. I picked him. Uh, I thought I thought he was he he's been in position to win that race for like the last two or three <laughs> yeah. years, and some late restart always seems to burn him. Uh, I think Creed got him a couple years ago, and then Ben Rhodes got him this year, and it almost happened again this year with a late caution. Um, that 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 race was something else. Um, it's a good race. Yeah, I mean it's it's good. That, the truck they were they were. Better than I had hoped because you know they 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 usually tend to put on a little bit of a show there, but it was it was it was okay for the most part. I feel like Ford's got to step up and make some magic happen for this guy. And I think they are. I think they're putting him in. He's going to run whatever he said six or seven. Yeah, he's got some, races next his schedule's year. expanding uh, next year. He I'm, did a great job at Gateway. I mean, I heard I hear nothing about great things about this kid. I don't I don't know him, but I think Ford has got to say, hey, this is our next guy, and hold on to him and give him a path to be great. Look, Zane Smith can drive. Most importantly, he's also good looking and and he's well spoken. Like he he's got everything that that you could ask for in a driver to be a, an ambassador for a brand. Um, there were rumors two three years ago. I I thought he might end up actually at Ganassi if Kurt was going to leave. It seemed like Monster really liked him, and that I'm like, man, he, he might end up in, at Ganassi in, in a Cup car, like you know, so, sooner than later. But I to me, he's the the next guy that. Uh, you know, I feel like when you look at trucks or Xfinity, if you stay there for more than like three years, you get like you're stuck. stuck there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I think you're racing, you're it's it, it it gets not that it gets worse, but the the uh you you just you you can't keep excelling and getting better and better and better. And Zane Smith uh, to me though is the next guy. Well so so let's talk about that a second. Are you did you just sh- shut the door, Jason? It'll get better. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I had I was trying to keep my composure. It was that cheesy corn. Dang, man. That cheesy corn TJ gave me yesterday. (laughs) I I don't think that's from yesterday. What did you have this morning? Jesus. (laughs) I think he he ate death is what he had this morning. God dang, Brett. It took me to get here. stuck in here right now. Can you open the door again? If everybody takes a deep breath, it'll get out of here quicker. Oh, my God. So thanks to DJ. Thanks to OfferPad. We're done for the day. What were we talking about? I Smell this oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yankee candles for Breeze. Do we have any of these things? There's got to be something in there you can spray. So, Jay, I, I, I want your opinion on this. Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs rolls into Xfinity. He's apparently moving to Cup next year. Is he ready? I would have said prior to him getting in the, the 2311 car, 100%, right? He's won 11 of 51 Xfinity Series races. The same, a pretty similar track record to, to Kyle Busch, who obviously is one of the best ever. He started out in Cup. I'm like, oh yeah, like he's he's legit. But it it, it didn't seem like he kept getting better every single week. If if anything, it, if you look finish wise, he actually got worse. And I, I don't know how that is. I, I don't, I, you know, 
I feel like cup for a lot of people, for almost everyone, is easy at first. And then when you get in the grind of the length of the races and, and, and everything that goes with it, it gets harder. But I, I mean, I think you have to put Ty Gibbs in a in like a top 10 of, of best drivers right now on a track. Like he, I mean, the thing that, that it's pretty easy to be critical of, of Ty Gibbs for a lot of stuff he's done, but he wants to win. Like he wants to win more than most. And, and you can't, it's, what is the, the saying? It's easier to, to pull the reins back than it is to, to, to whip yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. You, you don't have to pull, like he, he's, he's, he wants to win his desire, his, his commitment. I, I, he will figure it out. So I think it's going to be a tough road next year for, for him. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's ready to go do that. So you and I talked about this years ago. I don't know if you'll remember it, but there was a point where you guys being the, the Jamie McMurray's, the Clint Boyer's, the Elliot Sadler's, the whoever, y'all were running a full cup schedule. And then you were all running 15 to 20 Xfinity series races. And, and me and you literally talked about it. And you said, you guys own the cup series because nobody can come up through the ranks to take your job. And now we're sitting here where they've opened it up the exact opposite way, where they don't let the cup guys go run all the races. Do you think it's helped these lower series develop rivalries? I mean, when you look at the Ty Gibbs, Noah thing playing out, when you look at the truck series drivers, like I really feel like you guys, the cup guys not going down there and dominating these races has brought the, the racing level, the rivalries, the synergy of those series up. What, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, because you get to have a star because no, no one cares if, if like I, I, when I think about like this year was good with, with Noah and Ty, but the, the two years we had with Briscoe, uh, Bell, uh, Custer, yeah, like, Reddick. Re, yeah. I mean like, Oh man, those were some amazing races. Those guys would run and, and they turned into stars in the Xfinity series. And so you wanted to see them move up. But if you took those three or four guys and put them in seventh, eighth, and ninth, having the same race because Harvick and Kyle Busch and everybody yeah. else is winning, you're never you, gonna see you them. don't even care. You're like, well, well they ran eighth, who cares, right? I, I, yeah, and I think it also gives those guys a little more confidence, like we can win, we can win, we can win, because that's a different level when you move up to cup when you've come off winning a championship or, or been able to win races. So I like the fact that I don't, I, I, liked, I, I liked watching cup guys in Xfinity at times, but I think it's way better when you, when you just get to have a, a little taste of it now and not those guys every single week. Because you're right, there was, there was 20 of us at one time that ran all yeah. of them. I think it's good how they got it. You can, you know, here and there, but not, no, don't mess up the playoffs and let these guys become stars. Well, it was like the Kyle said. Bush show forever, right? Like yeah. You turn yeah. a trucker, you're just like, well, he's going to win. And pretty it's cool been to out. watch. The biggest thing was him getting a flat tire and driving or a penalty. Back the field. Get a penalty. Yeah. You're cheering. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah, and, I, and to your point, like I, that, it's going to give a, another group of guys a, a chance next year totally. because they're losing. I mean, I don't even know what you got: Noah, Ty, and AJ all leaving. That's probably twenty wins, right? I mean, right. I, I mean, that's a lot of wins. It's going to get dispersed amongst whoever else is left, you know. So, so somebody is going to become the some, next yeah, star. There's going to be another group yeah. of guys next year that that, which can, is great for the sport because it pushes. Yeah, I like it. Pushes the other guys to keep you know performing yeah. as well. Anyway, look, we got to talk about this. Um, obviously, Ty wins the, wins the championship, loses his dad the same night, doesn't wake up from his sleep. He's never going to look at the world the same. I mean, this kid is, is on his bride. He doesn't have kids. He's not married. This is the proudest moment of his life, and, and obviously one of the proudest moments of his dad's life. I, I don't. I feel really bad for Ty, his family, everybody at Gibbs because that every time he hears Xfinity Series champion, I lost my dad at a really young age. Um, every time he hears Xfinity Series champion, every time he goes back to Phoenix, 
it's never going to be easy again. I mean, the only guy I can compare this to in racing would be Dale Jr. losing his father and having to go back to Daytona and, and fight some of those fights. Like, obviously, they're in our thoughts and prayers. Um, but moving forward, like, Ty's world just got flipped completely upside down. I can't, I can't imagine what he was dealing with yesterday on what should have been one of the happiest days of his life. Yeah, that, that photo of he and his mom and dad uh, on, on, like, the front stretch with the trophy. No, yeah. no I mean, like, I just... I went to bed last Hard to night. Look at. Yeah, I went to bed last night. I, I I couldn't get that image out of my head. Just and it's it's you know, we're all older, right? Like I mean, like my my dad's seventy two years old. Like if if you know, in the next ten or twelve years, I expect for my dad to you know to to to, to move on. Not, I mean, Quay Gibbs was forty nine, right? I mean, ugh, I just can't, I I can't, I can't even process like what that's like for him to have to go through. To lose your dad, but then I also look at his grandfather, Joe Gibbs, and and there was no one better yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but they went to Kyle Petty, you know, who who has been through through losing a a, a child, and to to lose both both you know two 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 kids. I just oh, it's just devastating. Um, and and I'm with you. Like I feel so bad for Ty because you're just never going to go back to that venue or or think about that championship without thinking about your dad. Yeah. Hard week. Uh, and look, he was, I mean, he was getting filleted going into this week. And, and he had some tough media sessions. He had drivers taking shots at him. He handled it. He handled it extremely well. And, and I mean, look, you hate to say, say that, you know, things make you tougher, but man. Uh, I want to help him. Like, I, I do. Like, I, I, I did an interview with, with Ty last year uh, after he'd won a couple of races. And, and I'm like, as, I, as we were setting up for the interview, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen one so nervous. Like he just, you could just, and I was trying, I feel like I have a, an ability of making people comfortable. Like I kind of laughed with him, you know, and I, we kind of, we got started to get comfortable. And as soon as they started recording, I looked over, I'm like, oh no, like he, he just locked up on me. Right. Like he just, and, and he, he went from like, yeah, you know, like having fun to like this, like, I'm like, well, what are you saying? Like, you just, just talk to me. Like we're just we're hanging out. I want to help him because I, he, he's a good kid and he's super talented he just, he just, it's, it's, some people have the ability to be comfortable, right? Like, I mean, you just went and used the restroom in front of all us. You're pretty yeah, comfortable, I'm right? Comfortable, yeah. so, some people don't. <laughs> yeah. He left the door open and for like everybody. Him now being at 2311, like our pre-race meetings, he was in there with us. And to your point, like I, the, the kid that I would joke around with in the trailer before the race started was not the kid you see on TV. And I think Dale even talked about it this week. Dale's like, he's like, I wish that he could just be more of himself than have to worry about talking points because it seems like when he does interviews where he's like has a directive or something he's got to follow he comes across kind of like you know not not the best light but then if you talk like you said if you talk to him he's laughing choking around you know just a young kid that loves what he's doing and then you know it's just it's just it's it's well, heartbreaking for his him. his best interview moment was this weekend when I, like he, he, he was like reading, uh, well, I want to thank, you know, monster energy. And I'm like, Oh, he must have a card or something he's reading. And then it's almost like he, he goes and I, and I also Xfinity internet. Cause my car was as fast as him. I think that's what I'm supposed to say. Like, I'm like, that's a, that's a real moment right, of, you right. know, like that's yeah. what you want is just, just be real. Just, just be, be real. honest. Yeah. It's yeah. great. I thought it was good. All right. Big news from Friday at the track. Jimmy Johnson's decision to return to the Cup Series in ownership and part-time driver role with Petty GMS Racing. Brett, spot on, spot off. Uh, look, anything Jimmy Johnson does, I'm spot on. Uh, huge respect for him. I'm curious as to how all of this went down, and I haven't had an opportunity to speak to anybody that would know. Like, if, if Jimmy Johnson's coming back, 
Did Chevrolet bring him to the table? Did he just raise his hand and say, hey, I want to buy into this deal? Like, I, I, do, do we so know? So he, he talked about it a little bit. And, okay. and he said that Alan Miller, um, who, who's who, an attorney, who's an attorney, in, I believe in Michigan, yeah. uh, repre- has represented Jimmy forever. And he, Alan Miller also must represent, do some work for, for, for GMS or okay. for Mari. Mari yeah. And so Jimmy's wanting to run some races. And, and he's like, you should maybe talk to Mari. Like, you know, like, I think he brought them together. But this is incredible, right? To have Jimmy Johnson come back. The thing that was so weird to me about this press conference is, and I went back this morning and looked, you would just think, I mean, it's a big deal. You got Jimmy Johnson, you got Richard Petty, and, and they had uh, Noah and Eric Jones and, and Mike Beam and Mario. They're all there. But no one had like a team logo shirt on, or I would have thought, I would have put Jimmy Johnson in this GMS shirt. Like I'd have had him ready, yeah. right? And it was like Jimmy Johnson was like going to get a, a espresso and a biscotti or something an hour later. Like well, he's he can just barely like, get in. I mean, yeah, that's right. He, Couldn't even. He could barely get he barely in. Barely out of the track. Yeah. No, it's I'm spot on. And look, Jimmy, coming. I'm surprised that he wants to run a Daytona 500. Me too. Why? Yeah, I mean, we, that the son of a, the maniac just ran the Indy 500. Like, it's, I was no. been driving like everything. I I love it that he's wanting to do this, but part of me also is like. And just enjoy life. Like you've got, I got got two things on that. A, enjoy your life. You've already accomplished all the things, but B, don't tarnish your legacy because because your legacy in NASCAR in my mind is one of the top three drivers ever, if not the best driver ever, ever to win the championships and the airs in the manner which he won them. So why come back and go out? And I don't mean any disrespect. Why come back and go out like Terry Labonte? Yeah, who, who I, mean, I also I mean, had on a pedestal. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I saw a photo, you know, because of 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 my affiliation with Ganassi, I I followed Jimmy's any career, you know, pretty close, and and it's so interesting to me that when you see a photo of Jimmy Johnson standing next to an Indy car in the Indy car suit, you're like, hmm, whatever. I saw that photo from Homestead with the seven trophies lined up. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. That guy right there was <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. But it's it's the same guy, right? But but. It, to, to what you're just saying, Brett, you just view it differently because of what we're seeing happen now. And I, I, I hope he can come out, run well, and then, and then move on. I'll talk about this real quick. Jimmy Johnson came in and he changed the world in terms of how drivers approached Sundays. Fair enough from a physical perspective, because you also went out and hired a trainer and, and you changed your regiment because of a guy like Jimmy Johnson. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I don't know that. Yes, I, I think that's fair. What I would say that he, um, he, you know, because of his success, people started like, well, maybe that's what I need to do. But I think Jimmy's real success is more between his ears than it was like what his legs would do on a bike or, or running. But he, and, and I remember talking to Chip when Jimmy first, because I, I was on this this email chain to like all of Ganassi and, and Jimmy Johnson being joined. And, and I watched, you know, some of the replies that Jimmy had made to it. He's a really good leader and, and he's a, a motivator and, and, and his, just a, like his ability of, I, to me, that was his strength. I, I think the fitness side was something that's easy for us to look at. And then all of a sudden everybody bought bikes. But, but to me, like the mental side is where he was, was so, so strong at. Yeah. But I think some of that leads into the mental side though. You know what I mean? Like if you get better, if you start working out, you're starting to get better mentally too. I do think you're right though. Jimmy's a, what well, I'm spot on for this hundred percent. Even in seven time champion. I mean, how that's incredible. How do, um, 14 of them over there. <laughs> so 
Not counting Dale Edmonds. Yeah, not it's unbelievable. Yeah. It? It is That's crazy. 15 if you count Dale. But like, <laughs> even if Jimmy comes back, you you ask like, why is he doing this? Well, he went. He's been absolutely terrible in Indy cars for the road course stuff. The first year that he ran, got better, and then had some good runs at ovals too. Ran the Indy 500. He's doing this because he wants to. I mean, he likes doing this stuff, and he he's already he doesn't care if you are happy if he's got seven. He's doing it because he loves it and wants to do it. And it's incredible to have him back as in the sport as an owner. And we're going to probably see him every week now almost. So. I, I a thousand percent agree with what you're saying. He's doing it because he loves it. I think Brett and I's point is that we're being selfish in that we want to remember <laughs> yeah. him as a God, as, yeah. as this, yeah. like, I mean, this, as this as legend. Like, I want, I did, that's my memory. Like yeah. to me, that's what yeah, makes what Jeff Gordon's career incredible is that he went out racing for a championship at Homestead. He did come back and do a couple of races, but for the most part, he went out on top. And so we always are going to remember Jeff Gordon as just like the best. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. I kind of like bread was, I seen, all right, he's going to run a part. I think Jordan was the first one to break it. That Jimmy was going to run some races, you know, be part owner. So then I was like, I wonder what he's going to run. Like what races? And then they're like, Oh, yeah. it's going to start at the 500. And I'm like, what? Well, he's well, on like, his. Why? You know what we're going to, we can call it. It's just the, the Jimmy Johnson doesn't give a F about Brett. What Brett thinks to her. <laughs> like, if, like Jamie, if you were, if you were going to come back and say, they tell you, Go ahead and pick five races you want to run next he ran year. The, he did the 500. Well, I, I did the 500 because yeah. that was my, yeah, that yeah, was my option. That was that, but <laughs> if I could pick, yeah, I mean, I would probably pick some road courses. I think that I, I love to go into Sonoma. It, Sonoma is a really good road It wouldn't course. be the Daytona 500. No. no I mean, it just it wouldn't would not be, be any and speedway it, race, I assume. No, it like, wouldn't be a, a super speedway race, period, just is, because is, of... Is he locked into the 500? He's not. No, he's got no, a race his way in. Yeah. With Earl. Is Earl going to spot for him? How does he not? I don't think so. hey, hey. I, I like. I heard. I heard Earl might be back though, but I don't know if he's gonna be spot with Jimmy. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, good luck to Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I'm pulling you think, for him. You think, yeah, me too. Uh, do you think? Do you think Rick gives him 48? Mister H gives him 48. I don't. No. Do you? I think I, there's I too much on there. They've got that. That's a diff, a new thing over there. Like they've. It's what's well, been a while too. I think it'd be different if it was like the following yeah, year, first year. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> right, what was his number in Xfinity? 92. That was, I mean, it wasn't his car, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, there you go. All right. Last spot on spot off topic. Justin Marks tweeted, since we're in the development phase or still should be of the Gen 7 car, I'd love to get five cars at Charlotte Motor Speedway for a test with 80 or I think it's 850 <laughs> horsepower. Here we go again. 850 <laughs> plus horsepower just to see what would happen. Jamie, spot on, spot off. Oh. I'm spot off. And the reason being is that we just talked about it. The, the mile and a half racing to me is, is really good. I don't, I don't, I, I'm okay if they want to put 5,000 horsepower in at Martinsville and at a road course. But to me, the, the mile and a half is fine. They need to, to move on and, and fix road courses and short tracks. I'm I'm spot on just for the fact of I don't you don't have to do it. Yeah, I just we can try. I guess you can try see it, what yeah. it looks like. You know, I went back. I seen probably five thousand clips of the 2014 Texas race last week oh, where yeah. Jeff and and Brad were fighting, and like that was just some badass. Like mm-hmm. the, the the just the sound of the cars alone in the video was ridiculous. But then just watching the race and just how fast they were. You remember spinning the tires like to the flag saying Texas, right? I like, say, when I won the All Star <laughs> race in in. 14, I think it was about 900 horsepower and we had pretty big spoilers on a lot of downforce. And I remember taking the lead with like 
I don't know, two or eight to eight laps to go or whatever, and and going into turn three and barely lifting and just flooring it. And I'm like, I cannot believe this thing is sticking right now because the acceleration, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. you said the no, the the sound the of the sound engines, of it, the pitch yeah. of the engine oh. was incredible. Did you hear that like, in qualifying? Did you see that clip of qualifying at Charlotte? Yeah, I saw was, somewhere. I saw one where Dale, Dale was like Dale qualifying. It was oh the Newman, or maybe it was, it was Dale. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Newman, but it yeah, I think Newman. it showed I mean, all of them. Well, Newman, Newman, all of them. Newman back in the day was dude. They could turn like ten thousand RPMs back then. You could hear it like when. They would go by, you'd be like, Whoa, what was that? Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. The Charlotte qualifying when it was at night. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well, Thursday night. Getting dude. nervous walking out there. Like, I wondered what it was going to do. I got to run a 2790. Charlotte and Atlanta was the same, too. Atlanta oh, was the same thing. Way. Yeah. Because yeah. oh. you would practice at three, and the track would be junk. And you'd, yeah. you'd be like, oh, I don't know. And then if you were like 10th in line, you'd be like, how fast can I go? Hey, man, what? Yeah. Yeah, here comes There's Newman. no way in hell I can go that fast. Yeah, Newman yeah. just picked up a second and a half. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wish the conversation and, and look, I'm all for more horsepower, but I wish the conversation would shift a little bit about the gearing because I don't know that the shifting is at the problem at short tracks. It's definitely not helping us have better short track products. Right. So I, I guess, you know, to, to tag on to what Justin's saying, you know, these guys downshifting. I mean, we talked about it on the show last week. You missed corner Martinsville. It ain't a big deal. We talked about yeah. that. You were in the bathroom. Oh, so <laughs> so I, I, I think that all the drivers, if you put, a thousand horsepower at Charlotte, they'd also that's better. I, I'm and and I was on the driver council back in the day, and I remember sitting in the meetings when all we wanted was low downforce, and that's what we had to have. The racing was terrible on a mile and a half with low downforce. It was whoever got to the lead, that's who was going to lead. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I, I from a fan perspective, watching having a little bit bigger tire. I mean, what we ultimately wanted at mile and a half was Daytona and Talladega racing. That's what, that was the goal. That was what, what, cause that's yeah. what we like watching that. It's fun to see the cars all, all grouped together. And it's pretty close to that now. Like I, I think the mile and a half is good. I, I guess it's okay if you want to go try it, but I would, I would shift my focus on, on short tracks. Door Bumper Clear is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise. We've been telling you for several years now about RacingUSA.com's wide assortment of driver merchandise, fast shipping, and everyday discounted prices. Well, the good news keeps coming. First, the autographed Justin Allgaier Door Bumper Clear diecast will be shipped in the next few weeks to those who pre-ordered one. Second, new Joey Logano already discounted championship items are available for you to order at RacingUSA.com. Third, fewer than 100 Ross Chastain autographed die casts of his Martinsville raced version car are still available for pre-order at RacingUSA.com. And that's cool they did a die cast for that. This die cast will be manufactured to look like the car when it finished the race, including the right side damage when Ross made his bold move to make the championship four. And fourth, RacingUSA.com will be back next year as one of Door Bumper Clear's premier partners. Whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, including this year's champion, Joey Logano, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. Yeah, this is Andrew. I am the Brett Griffin Fan Club president of the Indiana chapter. Finally, yes! Way to go, Josh! Way to go! The data tells me that Bubba still sucks. Freddie, you can't see I just want to say, I'm not drunk. My great-grandma could outrun him, and she's 98. Reaction Theater rolls in three, two, one. Hey, 
it blows my mind and grinds my gears that no one even traded paint with Ty Gibbs during the Xfinity race. I cannot believe it. It was all talk and no game this whole week. And the way he races everyone this whole year, and they don't even think about trading paint with him. Baffles me. But that Xfinity race was really good. With Tyware, I wish the Cup Series would do this. Um, that was some great racing, especially during that green flag run. Flip-flopping back and forth. Three cars battling for the lead. That was some great racing. I mean, I thought Dale said it best when he said, like, you don't want to win a championship that way. Like, I'm telling my guys not to wreck him. Now, he said, like, I'm all on board if Noah would have got to him and, and sure. moved him or whatever. But the, the people I saw, a lot of people that were saying Sam Mayer should have wrecked Ty or, or held Ty up no. as a lap car. You, you don't want to do that. That would be the cheapest cheapest shot you could take. And Sam Mayer's mistake was that he didn't get more out of Noah's mm, way. Like, yeah. he kind of <laughs> held up Ty, but I'm like, get out of the way. You're holding your own teammate up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Sam Mayer. If you wreck Ty Gibbs, there you should be suspended indefinitely from NASCAR. Like you can't be that stupid. Oh the, my god! The integrity of the championship is at stake. And I thought all three of those guys that were up there racing for it handled it great. Josh Berry never really a factor for whatever reason that day, but um, I, I thought it was one of the best races of the year. This guy's right though, and and you guys, I think Freddie, you're the one that always points it out. I can't remember the last time that someone retaliated later on. Like, I, I, I can't, I mean, it, I know it's happened, but unless something triggered it in that race and then it, you're like, oh yeah, he's going to get him back now. Yeah. I just can't remember somebody. It was like, like down the road, like, like six months ago. You remember Ken, that? Yeah, like Kenseth was the last one. Uh, like, well, but, but he got wrecked yeah. in the race oh, yeah. that like, day, that earlier that day, yeah. which instigated like. I know one, but it was a long time ago. Who? Jimmy Spencer and Kurt Busch. Well, you 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 said enough in the first name, right there. You didn't have to say anything <laughs> else. I mean, remember at Indy? Remember at Indy when he just yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah, they don't. I mean, you're right though. It doesn't it doesn't? I mean, like people say. I think you said that in the heat of the moment, but the reality is, and that's and, why Ross keeps getting away with it. That's, that's, that's yeah, he's the best example because everybody was going to wreck him. And yeah. he literally no says, did. Ross goes, they're not going to do anything. I do think Denny tried to wreck him at Martinsville. Like they had side contact. Like, I, I think that was a, I got you here, and it just didn't happen. And then when you don't do it the first time, you're like, damn, I can't, like, you know, <laughs> I can't I, do it damn, again. I can't do it again right now, you know? <laughs> now that we're done with this season, can we throw this f***ing package off of a cliff, please? <laughs> like, genuinely, that might have been one of the worst races of the entire year, and it was the bookend of the season. This short track package has been an absolute joke all freaking year. How have we not fixed this? even mid-season we're just letting everybody's go out there and flounder around and it's an embarrassment i think he's sitting at like a, a stoplight yeah. yeah. i can hear the turn signal he's just leaving yeah. the racetrack <laughs> by the way leaving the racetrack did, did anybody go out the tunnel exit yesterday like there was a hell of a wreck right wow. there at the tunnel like noses blown off cars one on the wrong side of the road like i don't Jeez. i came out i'm like why is it so bad like we got out of there really fast and i'm like why is the traffic so jacked up and there's everywhere wow. i was like oh this is gonna be bad uh right at the bottom of the bridge but yeah i mean mm. listen the package the short track package we know is not good and they're kind of in a box there's not a you can't you think make the big horsepower would have made that race better i don't know we every package we bring the phoenix sucks like phoenix I just i mean it's phoenix is kind of like texas if we're being honest yeah. like right i mean texas is, since they repaid it it's just mid i just wonder if races. you could actually you know had the 
had the horsepower to spin the tires more and wear the tires I don't out and think make so. the I mean, driver the tires into it more. mattered a little bit yesterday because you've seen it when guys came but, out on. But I don't feel like I'm, and I, I don't feel like tire fall off is a guaranteed better race. Like the only way that makes it no. better is if some stay out in some pit. Yeah, you get all like, sequence. Like you, you go back like to the old Atlanta. We had four seconds of tire fall off. That was one of the worst but races ever. To me, tire fall off needs to go hand in hand with the driver having some control over the tire fall off. Like if you can control it a little bit with the throttle and you're not buzzing the rears like but, but Richmond I, or something like that. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that almost goes back though to what I was saying earlier in the show about like simulation change and everything tire fall off. When you used to miss the setup, it was bad yeah. and you, you could maybe make a difference to me. The, the cars are all fairly close now and, and the difference in the guy saving it versus not, it's just not as big of a deal as it used to be. I will say tire fall, but at least gives you different strategy. Yeah, it does for sure. So it, you got it. Tire fall off is always a good thing. And we talked about it like in the past, like, not only simulation, but practice. Like when we didn't have practice, the it's races better. were better. It's better. Like it's it, definitely it, better. The more practice yeah. you give them, the closer that. That's box what I didn't gets. like about this weekend. I'm like, I kind of know who's fast now. Yeah. Like right. and and yeah, it's gonna let them go back and make their car even better. Even That's, better. Yep. Ryan Blaney is the ultimate teammate. You have a car to win the race, <laughs> and RP comes on the radio and says, "You're his wingman, bud. You're his wingman," and you basically quit trying to pass him. That is the ultimate teammate, and that shit never gets reciprocated. Didn't get reciprocated with Brad. It ain't never getting reciprocated with Joey, and sure as hell ain't getting reciprocated with uh, Cendric over there. So I think it's time for a YRB to get selfish and go win some freaking races in 2023. Did Roger really say that on the radio? Like I've heard, I've seen multiple people say on Twitter, and they're. Maybe they were listening to Blaney's rail during the race, but I saw early in the race, um, you know, they were working together, I think, during the stages. But I, I think Blaney that was clearly faster, I in my think opinion, that I after think, 30 laps. Yeah, I think that, I mean, if Blaney's going to win the race, I mean, win the race, it's not going to cost him a championship if you win the race. Like, I agree. I think Ryan Blaney did everything he could to win. He just he couldn't pass. It's yeah. hard track to pass on. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for getting your asses up and coming in on Monday mornings after you've traveled half the night to get home. Thank you for giving us your inside opinions, insights, and views of what's going on with our sport. We really do appreciate everything that y'all bring to the table each and every week. You guys have the best, hands down, number one podcast and show when it comes to NASCAR every single week. I love this guy. From a fan standpoint, we really do enjoy what y'all do, what y'all give us. And we really do thank the world of what everyone has to say. Casey, thanks for putting up with everybody's bull. <laughs> we really do appreciate all of you being there. Go Cox, we're bowl eligible this year. No wonder he's oh, such yeah. a good guy. He's a Gamecock fan. This is what you were doing in the bathroom. What's I mean, guy? that's a, that's a Gamecock <laughs> fan. No wonder he's such a nice guy. Uh, man, Jeez, we can't man. listen. We can't thank you guys enough. I know we, I've seen a bunch of tweets about us this week, but you guys make the show. If uh, you guys didn't listen and support it, and our you know great sponsors, uh, we wouldn't be here. So those other calls were Bills fans. <laughs> Go Bills! <laughs> that worked out well yesterday. Shut up. <laughs> Where the flag just flew in Phoenix, and I'm sitting here alone. And I just saw a tweet from Bob come across my phone. <laughs> he said the season's over and it's been a crazy year. But then he shared some breaking news about door bumper clear. 
He said, Freddy's off to rehab for all the beer he drinks. TJ's gonna grow a pair and share what he really thinks. <laughs> Brett's off to the dentist to fix those gap teeth in his mouth. And Casey's gonna try to learn to pick up the crap a kid throws down. <laughs> and as I scroll through Twitter, I checked old Jeff Gluck's poll. And everybody wants Jason Schultz to stop making those Tyler Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> that was Caleb, correct? Yeah, that yeah, was that's, that's the guy that's that was right in the track. That's pretty good. That yeah. was clever. Yeah, that was awesome to meet Caleb this week. Uh, Brett gave me some bad information, so I thought it was our friend Tyler, uh, the rapper. But but where is so no no song from Tyler this week? Uh, no, it's coming. Next. Oh, it's next. Okay, yeah. good. And then uh, the Tyler Reddick thing was so bad this week. When we were walking back to the media, it's not bad, but it was funny. One fan said, "Hey, it's Tyler Reddick that I met earlier," and then everyone else was like, "Oh, it's Tyler Reddick." Get your autograph. <laughs> they mistake you for Tyler Reddick. So one yeah. guy. Well, so a, what, what happened but was you're like six and a no. half foot tall. So what happened was I was at I was <laughs> yes. at a bar in Kansas, and uh, Tyler was there. So I was talking. So the guy had a dirty mo shirt on. He came over. He said, "Oh, I love the podcast." Yada yada yada. So he's like asking me for a picture and Tyler was standing there. So we're all laughing because he doesn't know. So then somebody says, oh yeah, usually people ask for his picture. And oh, Ty- he didn't recognize Reddick. He goes, oh, I love you too, Jason. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So then, <laughs> so good. So then uh, since then now uh, Jason's become Tyler. <laughs> he's also a sprint car driver yeah, as a, well. Did there's you a- drive? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's oh, another, there's, there's a, a Jason. guy named Jason Schultz <laughs> that, that runs a sprint oh, okay. car. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Can you look at him? Do you think he drives a sprint car? I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> 35 races has led us to this point right here. Phoenix Championship weekend. Let's get it. One more verse to cap it all. It's my pleasure. Got the final four down in Phoenix gunning for the treasure. Looking at each other, trying to figure how they measure. So if you can't stand the heat, then get the hell out of the desert. Logano sitting pretty, snagging P1 on the pole. Chrissy riding the wave, the 20s on a roll. Chase always a favorite, ass Jason, he's an Ellie fan. Ross hoping to bring the cup to the guy that I rap better than. Green is in the air, and now the flagman drops the rag. Joey said, hold the cell, I ain't looking back. Without a doubt, he took the check, or spanked the field throughout the race. But the Josie Ricky hitting landing with the marker breaks. Blaney sputtered at home to take away the second stage. Reddick sent for a ride. Now how he wanted to leave the eight. Ross got a little nosy trying to move up through the ranks. Tour made a stop singing, homie, I don't give a chase. CJ caught on fire and the crewman tried to lose his hand. Bowman blew a tire, smacked the wall. He can't afford that man. More drama than my mama ever could prepare me for. But what else do you expect when it's only down to four? A season for the record books has finally come to end. Story started and finished. New rivalries and friends. Next year around the corner and we started all anew, but one thing's for certain, it was the year of 22. It was the year of 22. Joey Logano, congratulations. I can't even you clap at church and we keep the rhythm. <laughs> That's incredible that that guy can do that that fast. And he yeah. does this stuff... Like in hours, a couple hours. I mean, it, yeah, I know. That's what's so amazing about it. Like, when do you do you? Can you see when his stuff comes in? Sunday night, too. Sunday night. So yeah. he does it. It's incredible. That is incredible. Good for him. All right, thank you guys for leaving great reaction theater messages all year long. Mm-hmm. Feel free to leave us some messages in the off season. Maybe there's a Christmas show. Maybe you will play them in the beginning of next year. And you can do that by going to Anchor.fm/slash/DoorBumperClear and clicking the message icon. One of my favorite ones was Ben's at the Panthers game. Of Jason. Of Jason. Yeah. Tom That's Brady. That's one of the best ones. Uh, <laughs> we're doing a Christmas show, right? Because I got our elf lined up. He said he'd come. Okay, our elf's good. Yeah. 
He'll give us an update on what Santa's, how Santa's yeah. progressing in the yeah. Christmas season. He's, we just got to pick mm. a date. Okay. We'll work on that. Dirty Mo Media fans, this is IndyCar driver Connor Daly. And comedian Joey Molinero. We're here to tell you about the most honest, unfiltered, and informative IndyCar podcast on the market, Speed Street. Connor and I break down the weekly happenings of IndyCar, our lives on and off the track, and talk a little NASCAR and F1 as well. Dirty Mo Media's newest show is available now on all major podcasting platforms. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Speed Street Pod. All right, it's time for hashtag AskDBC OfferPad question of the week. Send in your questions on Twitter each week using hashtag AskDBC. We'll answer the best ones. From Teresa Macros1, did Blaney make a mistake by not talking to other teams before re-signing with Penske? Should he have been allowed to stop being the 22's wingman when it was clear that one wasn't going to catch him? Brett. Uh, look, man, <laughs> if, you're, if you're Blaney and you're happy and you're winning races and competing for championships and making playoffs, I don't know why you would really look anywhere else. There's only, in my mind, two or three other teams that would even want to enter the conversation because when it – I mean, look, Roger Penske's net worth is probably the highest in the garage. Three billion plus. Yeah, as long as Paul's dad didn't come back. As long as Paul Menard's <laughs> dad didn't walk through the door, uh, right? So, like, I, if, if I'm Ryan Blaney again, I don't, I don't. The grass is not always greener. Jamie even where said you earlier, go? "Where are you gonna go?" Yeah. They won the. I mean, the, the his teammate won the championship. Yeah, and, I don't know where. You, and if he's uh, in that yeah. race, he wins the championship probably. You know, like, or or has a very good chance to win the championship if he's if he's in. Yeah. it. You know, like nobody been, with any sanity. Blaney's would ever been leave seriously Penske. competitive. I mean, who would leave Penske? Yeah, he's been <laughs> a competitive, competitive every week in and week out for the last handful of years. So why, I don't know why you'd leave. I mean, no. Hendrick Penske, Joe Gibbs Racing. If you're there, you don't leave unless they ask you to leave. Nope. Yeah. All right, next question from Dan Ash, B8788. Do you think NASCAR would really DQ a champion and change it after if a car failed? Jamie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I, I, that's my answer. No, the, the, the reality is, I think if there was, if there was a, it'd have to be big, huge, and yeah, and in front, yeah, they definitely would. Um, but I mean, once you get to that level, the the way pre race tech is and everything now, like it, it would be hard to to slip something through. I so, think you've no. seen that. I don't know in years past <laughs> where where you know they would. I think it's pretty obvious that the four championship cars would would get yeah. away with some stuff in pre race tech, and we saw it on Saturday. We didn't see it on Sunday because there's probably less room Friday to and play. Saturday. Yeah, you Friday see and it. Saturday, yeah. and Sunday there's just less. <clears throat> I think you can do now to those cars, um, but you know, so I. I I think that they kind of... Well, I think Sunday shows why we had so many different winners this year is because the cars all are, are all pretty close and it, it takes everything in order to to, to win a race. Um, but it was it was pretty interesting to me to see the, the, the championship guys kind of spread throughout the field because we've never seen that no. before. I also I think mean, this the practice hurt. Oh, the longer practice. practice. Mm-hmm. Well, we say that all the time. I like when we ran COVID, mm-hmm. those COVID races, they were some of the best races because you just... Uh, it was it was unheard of if you would have said we're not going to practice. You know, <laughs> Nick, we did that once when I raced. And they're like, no way. You got to have five yeah. hours of practice. Yeah. <laughs> now it seems odd to have practice. Yeah. All right. Congrats to... We'll give it to Teresa Macros for having this week's hashtag SDBC offer pad question of the week. it's time for us to get to our favorite Xfinity X5 more than fast moments from the week. Whether you're behind the wheel or online, speed isn't the only thing you need. What were your favorite more than fast moments this week? Ready? Uh, I will have to give it to 
Joey Logano. I mean, he went out there, and, and like we said, it wasn't the clear cut where the four championship guys were the best cars in the field, and and one of them outran the other three. He outran us all pretty much all day. I thought he was the best car, especially short runs, and uh, they, they, they pretty much dominated the race. I don't remember a time where he wasn't in the top two or three pretty much all race long, so I'll give mine to Joey Logano. I got to get mine to Ty Gibbs. I mean, he and Chris Gale were fast all year. That 54, I mean, Jamie just said his win percentage is insane. Uh, to go out there and, and and dominate the race in the way that he did, put on the show that he did, Ty, Ty's my guy. I'm going to go with Zane Smith, the other guy there. He's been knocking on the door for the championships, and he's deserved one and earned it. So that's uh, Zane's going to get my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment. Got anybody you want to give yeah, a fast award? I'll go to? with the ARCA champion. I'm not sure who he was, but since you guys <laughs> since you guys since you guys took the other three, he's, it was Sammy he's not Smith. on my no, list Sammy, right here, so I'll go with him. You can give it to Sammy because Sammy did come back from a one lap penalty to win the race. Who won yeah. it? Sammy Smith won the race. I don't know who yeah. won. The, it was the West Series oh, championship. So okay. did he win the uh, other championship? It was something though? Drew. Jake Drew, maybe. I think. Oh, it was. Yeah, I think it's Jake Drew. Uh, yeah. He was in one of the Sunrise Toyota cars. Congratulations, Jake. I think. I hope his name's Jake. The guy with two first names. That's all right. Jake, Jake Drew. Drew. <laughs> Here on Door Bumper Clear, being more than fast is a way of life. Thankfully, there's plenty of weekly action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with a faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And Jason and Ben, don't forget to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. idiot time for <laughs> what an idiot brett who you got sammy smith xfinity <laughs> series driver qualifies up front every week and drove like a complete moron he got into a pissing match with sam mayer and went through three and four and just absolutely jumped sam mayer's car and then he proceeded to hit the wall himself and ruin his own day so congratulations sammy smith you're look man you're in an elite ride you have the opportunity that every racer in the world that's working their way up through the ranks would die for. Don't get in and drive like an idiot. Brett was ready for that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he didn't even blink on that one. I mean, dang. He was in my notes. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> listen, I like Sammy, uh, but that's kind of that look to me like the Arca mentality, like, you know, like just unnecessary. Um, I don't have an idiot. Okay, can I go with a rant? I have a bit of a rant. That's something that happened this weekend that can never happen again. So I feel like oh, it needs to be talked about. Already. Um, Ruining my hot chocolate night. Yeah, uh, the truck race. We made a huge mistake during the race, and it and it went it went uncalled. It went, it was no. And the problem is, it was recognized and still uncalled. Um, one, of the, I think it was the last pit stop. The sixty six and the eighteen were close to each other coming off pit road, and the sixty six pulled up next to the eighteen, and. They were, that's, we have been told as drivers, Jamie's probably knows this forever. Like if you're questioning your position, you pull up next to the guy and you ride there next to him and the tower is supposed to see that and go, all right, 18 or 66, whoever it is. Um, so they spent about a lap running next to each other. And the official, uh, Chris Lambert, who was spotting for the 18, asked the official on the roof, um, can you, can you call in, you know, see what the re restart is? 
Well, for whatever reason, it took two and a half laps. It didn't get called in. Um, and then it got called in. Finally, we were in the restart zone coming to the choose. And by that point, it's too late. They call it out after we choose. And it's the 66 pulled ahead of the 18. 66 chose first, picked the outside lane. 18 ended up on the bottom lane, a row behind him. Um, and after that, they said, all right, it's 1866 off pit road. So now we go back to the official. We, I'm standing there. It wasn't really involved. But Chris goes back and says, hey, this is wrong. You have to wave this off and we have to choose again because he's got an advantage over me now that he shouldn't have. And it turned out it was a big advantage because when they came off a of turn two on the restart, the 66 was third or fourth and the 18 was buried four wide on the bottom running about eighth or ninth. Um, so it's just and, – and I was understanding that the, the tower recognized it after we doubled up in turn one but chose not to wave it off for some reason. And it's just unacceptable because that's that's the, the entire season right there. You know, you don't know what happens on that restart. And you can't – if you see it before we go green, I don't care if it's in the middle of the backstretch coming to green. And you recognize a problem like that, you have to wave that restart off and give these guys a chance to race it out fair because you have just raced your entire season. And now I don't know what would have happened. It doesn't matter Smith. if it's for that I'll, race. I'll change my what an idiot. Hey, it matters like all year though. I mean, that one restart all year could make a difference though. Yeah, what, you know what I mean. What idiot thought it was a good idea to start a truck race at midnight on the East Coast time? <laughs> it's ten o'clock on the East Coast time. Like, but what the <laughs> f are y'all thinking? Like, I, I mean, you're talking about this race and what you're explaining needs to happen from a TV perspective. It almost can't happen. Like, you, you you're now going to take another three minutes to fix this problem. TV would have a heart attack if you did that. Well, the the official on the roof, it sounds like, made the first error. Then you put the tower in a bind. The tower made the right call. Spotters didn't have enough time to convey the message. I get all that. But why in the world are you starting your championship race at 10-18 on a freaking Friday night? Makes no sense. Um, I kind of got – I don't really have an idiot, but I got a little bit of a rant like Freddie. Um, there needs to be a penalty – for screwing up the choose if you drop out late like we the, said that we said that I know but that like ago. needs to be addressed like that like you can't have that that same type of thing though a guy it changes a whole who, who did that this week nobody I yesterday was somebody did in the cup race did they who, who, who did yesterday I don't remember what me I, I, I mean whoever it was they did it and they warned them like stop that, warning them find but them that changes the whole everything your choose from their back and yeah, a track that's that hard to pass, that restart where you were going to start and get two spots, now you've lost two spots because you, you're you not where you want to be. You're, you're, it's just not right. Do, do you guys like the choose? Like we've had that yeah, for a while. I don't have, you I keep don't have that? any you issues like it? with Everybody it. likes yeah. it still? Drivers? You I like, like choosing your own destiny. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you choose yeah. the bottom and it doesn't work, it's on you. Yeah. That's good. I would have went either way. I like the World of Outlaws deal where the World of Outlaws is the leader chooses what lane he wants and then all the odd number cars line up with the leader. So if the leader sure. wants the top... All the odd number guys go to the top. So he's picking the preferred lane, and you're putting the guys that third has an advantage over fourth now. But I'm fine with the choose. I think it's fine, you know, and you can kind of choose your own fate. The only major change I want to see over the winter from a procedural standpoint, and y'all may disagree with me on this, is when a caution comes out, we go back to various loops. And a lot can change from uh, that loop until the where the that, that gets confusing. It, 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 it does get confusing. I mean, on TV, if I'm watching, I see the wreck play out. I oh. see. And you I, know, I think the unfortunate part of that is that sometimes a scoring loop isn't working. And so it's not that scoring loop. It's like too the bad next or, scoring yeah. loop. And we, you're like, well, that doesn't really make with, sense. With us having SMT in these cars, we should have the ability to freeze the field in real time. And also, there are times, multiple times this year, where people are in wrecks and we give them their right. position. But if yep. you have to stop 
to oh, miss yeah. a wreck, you are in the wreck. If you ha- if you make slight contact with anything, you are in the wreck. So from a procedural standpoint, I think we're we're doing things you know well, but it, it drives me nuts from a com- competition standpoint and from a viewership standpoint when I see a wreck happen and then you give these guys their mm-hmm. positions back. It makes no sense. SMT actually does have a a lot of you know, status indicator on it when the caution comes out. But I, you know, I guess they're worried about the GPS positioning not being accurate, but like I'd rather take my chances with that. No, you know, right when it comes out, freeze the field with that. Then I would be, well, what about this loop? Well, we, this guy's racing to this loop. They're racing to that loop. Well, I'd rather just yell those up. Bam, go look at it. He's in front of you. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to remain consistent on the show, I did give Jason one idiot last week because he runs 13 miles, so I don't know what kind of an award Jamie's going to get for hey, a you, you ran a half marathon? Yeah, first one <laughs> last you, weekend. Oh, you know Davidson. what? Oh, cool. Good for I you. I could give all y'all one an idiot because you let me come back and win DVC picks, you idiots. <laughs> oh, God. We've got, we've got an issue. Did he win? Oh, we've got an issue. Plus, Jamie has one an idiot TJ's the winner. I watched a lot this weekend, and and I didn't – nothing stuck out to me that – I normally have that moment, but nothing stuck out to me. No, nothing. Zero. Nada. All right. Brett, for using the toilet and leaving the yeah, door yeah. open. That would be <laughs> – Sorry. That would be my idiot. DBC picks. Uh, it's a little controversial. So it's the most dramatic moment in DBC Picks history. TJ wins mm. the championship Walk after off picking win. Joey Logano at Phoenix. With that, he tied Brett and I with eight wins for the season. He's and a winner. Then we were going to go down to who picked the f- most correct first place finishers, and TJ with the Joey Logano pick got how's that controversy and beats us I too. Was the because what, what? how did we let you come back and win? That's what I was giving because you're years, an idiot. TJ wins. You're an idiot. DBC picks. <laughs> What's it? What do you? Is it pay to win? Uh, well, losers we, buying yeah, dinner, at dinner Epic. from Casey. Now. And so Casey officially was last place with six wins on the season. I was the Matt Kenseth of DBC picks this year. I, I kicked your guys' ass in top fives and top tens, <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't win a race to save my life. <laughs> I mean, my, I'll tell you what, man. My last ten are pretty good. I won I won twice, right? But I lost both of them because – or no, I won. Danny won and got disqualified. <laughs> me over on that one. Mm. And then I picked them twice because I was drunk. Yep. So <laughs> – so TJ, for the first time ever, I think TJ's won DBC picks. Yep, good hey, job. Yeah. The first TJ. time ever that he didn't finish last. So what yeah, is that? Where is that? Who's got the trophy for that damn thing? Oh, didn't there? someone say they were doing a trophy? Somebody oh. made one. They gave me a prototype. They gave you one, but it's not yeah. the where the hell we want it. I want it <laughs> I've now. I got the prototype, but not the actual one. Well, well, we, we'll we lost it. it. Now that you won, we lost it. <laughs> so, so going into the winter, Jamie, what do you think they do with this car? I mean, obviously that you, you're. You got to cover this from a TV perspective. Like of the things that you're hearing, what what do you think is happening with this car to make it safer and to make it better at short tracks? Yeah, so so I think that clearly they're going to make some adjustments to the to the rear clip. And I think the other the other again, I I heard Bowman and I feel like Reddick referenced this a little bit. To me, there needs to be if if I'm a driver right now, I'm putting a lot of effort into my seat, and my headrest, and and I say that because the headrest that I first built in like 2009 is the exact same headrest I ended my career with because it worked and it's just what I liked. And, and they did the sled test on it and it was, it was good. Knowing that the rear impacts are, and, and I, I think it's incredible and I'm, I'm not here to, to praise spotters, but it's incredible to me. It's the spotters that have, when their driver's spinning that in the mo- that moment, they're like, put your head back. Cause that's the last thing that I would think of. But knowing that that's what the driver needs to do, I would increase the foam behind my helmet. And, and I, I was in a wreck in Vegas in like 2003. 
uh, in, in happy hour, uh, I, I was leaving the pits and, and I went to merge on the racetrack and, and Michael Waltrip got into the back of me, spun me around and I backed in the wall. And I remember there was like eight or 10 inches from the back of my head to, to my headrest. And I remember like the whiplash and my head hitting and definitely concussed. No, no, like just no idea where I was. I went back the next day, you know, I went like that was on Saturday. I went in the cup garage the next day. I'm like, you have to add a bunch of foam behind my helmet. Cause I'm like, I, I, I can't hit my head like that again. And from that moment on, I had pretty, pretty tight. Like my head didn't move in my headrest very much. A lot of guys, their head does like there's side to side movement and there's definitely front to back. And the reason that you don't want that foam behind you is that, you know, and if you look at any of the in cars, everyone kind of looks like they're like in a, a, a forward seated position. Like your, your head looks like it's leaning forward because that's kind of your natural posture in the car. But when you want to look in the rearview mirror, you, you almost have to like be able to, to tilt your head back and you can't if that foam is there. So I feel like drivers have, have just from a comfort level, haven't had the foam as close as it needs to be. I think that needs to be addressed. And I think also the density of that foam. And I don't know the answer to that, but, but they, they have the ability to sled test that and to know what, what, what needs to be in there. So I think the car needs to be addressed, which it has been. Um, and I, I've heard, I've heard people be critical about what they only, they only did the crash test, you know, uh, 90 degrees to the wall. And I, I don't believe that. I believe if you had all the data, they probably did the crash test at three or four different angles. They only have the ability to do it so many ways. And, and that's what they did. Um, but, but we have the one thing that, that, that always comes to mind when I think about the, the, the issues we're having with the cars backing in the wall is that that's never been an issue for NASCAR. Like we'd see the cars crush other than a fire from like the fuel cell, you know, losing the fuel. Those have never been an issue. But if you go to like open wheel racing, those are always devastating wrecks. And it's because that gearbox hangs off the back. Well, we have that now and and they, they've, they're going to have to work on it. That's, that's definitely an issue, but it looks like they're going in the right direction. People have also been critical that, it's not as safe as the old car. Well, the old car was, was, was pretty soft if you backed it into the wall. And we know that based on the wrecks that we have seen. So I don't know that, that making it what the old car was needs to be the standard. I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I know that the drivers say that they don't want to go backwards and I appreciate that, but I feel like there's a lot of work that can be done to that headrest and to the seat. And, and maybe it's the way that the seat is mounted in the car. Like I, I you know, maybe it's as, as much as, and I don't want to say rubber mounting the seat, but maybe that seat gets mounted in a way that it absorbs um, s- some of the, the, the load that, that those, those wrecks take in the back. We've seen wrecks in the front though, like Cody Ware at Texas and some of these other ones. I mean, you're like, oh my God, I don't know if he's going to get out of that. And they, that seems to be pretty good. It's, it's just the, 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 the backing in. And the one that, that's mind boggling to me is Reddit getting out at Martinsville after just having contact on a restart because the cars don't even look tore up. Like to me, that's where the, the headrest comes in of we got to figure out like what, what can we, what, what can happen there? And I know they're working on that, but to me, that's what I would work on in off season. Yeah. Cause I think that, I think that was strictly like a whiplash deal at, at Homestead totally. where it was just, you know, we all, we all stacked up really bad the whole field pretty much. And it's just like, you know, t- talking to Tyler, it's like you run to the guy in front of you, jerk your head one way and then you get hit from right, behind the and other it just way. throws you back. So it's just, I think that was like you said, strictly just a seat headrest whiplash kind of deal. I think people are also critical of like toe link. <laughs> that has become a word this year, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know how many times you say that in the broadcast, yeah. but it is said yeah. a lot. I like, I mean, like the car can't be indestructible. There's got to be something that gives that toe link is what gives. And I think this car has been significantly more forgiving and I has made better racing from the aspect that you can have, like think how many times at Martinsville we saw contact on a restart and somebody's left rear got cut down. It happened to me, I bet 10 times in my oh, career. Yeah. And you're like, God dang it. Like it wasn't even that much contact, but 
it's put me out of the race now and caused a bigger wreck. From 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 that aspect, then the 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 composite body and and the components, I I think all that's been has been really good. Biggest shock of the year, got to be Ross Chastain. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, can't can't be anybody else. I'd say track house in general. I mean, Daniel Suarez winning his first race there at Sonoma, being really competitive. Um, did you guys not think? Did you, I mean, in all honesty here, beginning of the year, Trackhouse comes out and Ross Chastain has like three or four top five. Suarez is fast. Are you not like, oh, they're cheating? Like we just have, oh, we, yeah. we, we just haven't figured out what they're doing. But they weren't. Like yeah. it's just like they just their program was where it needed to be. And and I because I kind of thought, man, when we get to Phoenix, like is this anyone have anything saved? Like you just don't know what's going to happen there. But honestly, it was the same guys that had been running well. Um, I do think second half of the year, middle part of the year there, people had caught up to them because they weren't, they, they were top of the charts every practice. Like would Ross and Daniel would go right to the top <laughs> of the board and second part of the year here, they just didn't have that knockout speed they had. The thing that is odd to me is, and, and you can't really use Ross because Ross was, has never been with a good team until Ganassi. Like, when he drove the 42 car, he, he ran pretty well. Like, you know, yeah. didn't win a race, but Gibbs but, was a good car. But could have. What's that? Gibbs was a good car. What do you mean Gibbs? You said Suarez. No, I said Ross. Ross. Oh, I'm Ross. sorry. Like with Ross, I think it's, you, you can't really use him. Yeah. Suarez is what, what's, what's strange to me because Suarez did not run that well at Gibbs, did not run that well Stuart at Ross. And then, and then he didn't run that well last year, even with, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say he didn't run well. He ran okay, but not like he did this year. Like right. he, like he was a contender. And so when I look at that, I'm like, are there cars? that much better than everyone else's or does the driving style just fit or like w- what happened there that all of a sudden it all, it all lined up for Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. It clicked. Biggest struggle of the year. Who do you think that you Kyle thought? Bush. Would, Kyle, Kyle Bush. Bush. Yeah. Oh, 100%. yeah. Kyle, I mean like it, I, I was looking at this, I, I printed this off and I'm going to get one sheet in here. Kyle Bush finished 13th in the points. He won the one race on dirt that he should have ran third in, right? Yeah. Like if, if, if Briscoe doesn't wreck Reddick, Kyle Busch is going to run third. That's his only win. That yeah. was his only win this year on, on the dirt. Now, now, uh, you know, there's always a but. He should have probably won Darlington. The motor blew up. I can't remember the other first playoff race was leading it to, blew up. Like he, he could have won, right? I mean, but, but he didn't. Uh, but that to me has been just, and especially for, um, you know, Denny started off bad, then kind of got good. But Kyle Busch just, I don't know. That was same all year. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, and I've said it five times in this show, is the mental side of it. He was this, this all this contract talk, and and if you would have said at the beginning of the year, hey, Kyle Busch, like he he essentially lost that ride. It, I mean, in all, and and he's one of the greatest drivers yes. ever to sit in a seat. But he, I mean, and, and if I would have been in his place, I would have held out too. I'd be like, no way. I've won two over two hundred races. I've won the majority of the races for Toyota. I'm like. I'm going to hold that because Joe Gibbs is going to come up with the money to, to find it. And they didn't. And I just, I think that, and he finally, after it was announced, came out and was like, it hurt. Like he, 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 he finally like kind of what Opened I think, up. what I wish everyone would do, right? Like, you know, Kyle Busch typically kind of puts the, 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 like the shield up and you don't see him being vulnerable. And he finally said like, yeah, like it hurt, you know? And, and to me, so to me, that's the biggest struggle. We've been in situations as spotters. We've been in situations with our friends that are drivers where if you don't perform, you're going to be out. Who's that guy next year? Driver wise. Um, if you don't perform, you're going to be out. I got to look through. The I mean, this here. year it was Cole Custer and it's took a while. And, and what's weird is when they threatened to fire him, he finally started running better. 
You know, I mean, when they get when they suspended his crew chief for the radio deal at the Rumble. I, I think that Cole, if I was in charge of Cole Custer, I would send Cole. I, I'm going to get deep on you here. I would send Cole to a guy named Jacques Delaire. He's a like a head doctor who who basically teaches you that you know sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield, but you just got to perform your best every single day. Because I think Cole Custer can drive Me based too. on what I saw in the Xfinity series. He can drive. And he, he ran really good at Martinsville and he's, he's, he had that moment at, at Kentucky, like he, he was able to win. Like he didn't have the best car that day. He just freaking manned up and got on the outside and had a great restart and won the race. I think he can drive and I hope he gets a shot. I know that it sounds like Stuart wants to put Ryan Priest in the car and, and, and Gene Haas. Does, I don't, I don't know the details of that, but that's what it sounds like, but I think he can drive and I hope he gets an opportunity to stay. Yeah, I think Harrison Burton is is next year. He's, That's been he, tough. He, he's, I mean, you look at yesterday. You got three Penske, and look, it's Wood Brothers Racing's on the side of the car, but we know it's a Penske car, and it's set up by Penske. It's pit crewed by Penske. The spotter works for Penske. Um, I think he's got to improve by ten positions every week on average. Yeah, and the thing, like when I watch with Harrison, and and of course, I'm pretty good friends with Jeff. Like you know, I, I talk to Jeff once every couple of weeks. And I have a son that races. And so I put myself, I'm like, what, what would I, you know, I feel like with Harrison, he just gets pushed around. And I know that's got to be really hard for Jeff to watch because he, he probably wants to give advice and wants to help. But, but you can't, as a dad, you can't put that in there. It's just, it's just who you he, are. He is very timid, especially on restarts. Just the, the, he doesn't have that killer instinct which you have to have right now like right. if you don't make progress on restarts you are buried wherever you end up you know and you can see it like we've talked about it Bubba's I think Bubba's even talked to Harrison about it a little bit like if you restart behind him you know you can take advantage of him on entry because he's gonna he's exactly be exactly right because he's I'm gonna, gonna use him up yeah I'm yep. gonna you can use him up you know you can you can get position on him and then he's gonna he's gonna have to bow out or he does he doesn't have to but he does, he does. you know right. and and that's the biggest thing I see with him is he just has to crank that but aggression he, he wrecked up. so much early in the year that you get in that mindset of I can't keep doing this or I'm going to get fired. Well, I've got and, to finish and, races. And you know, I, I, every time we do an interview on, on race hub, we, we go into a show and we talk about it. They're like, what are you going to say? And I'm like, well, I'm going to watch this interview and I'm going to react to what I see on this interview because I feel like you can read so much into body language. And, and, and a, a good example is Joey Logano. We interviewed him on Sunday and I'm like, Oh, he's confident. He, he thinks he's going to win. Right. When we interview Harrison Burton, I see it because I lived that life. I was a guy that had some really high moments and some really bad moments. And I, when I look at Harrison, I'm like, I know how he feels, right? Like you, you're saying the right things, but when you read his eyes and his, his, his demeanor and all that, you're like, you can tell he's just beat up. Yeah. Ty Gibbs, Noah Gragson, we got some guys coming in the cup next year, cup series full time. What do you think we expect out of Noah at GMS? Oof. I don't know. I think that's a, a vertical hill. <laughs> I think I'm shocked at how well Eric Jones has done. I think that that's probably been my, my big surprise. Like I know Ross and Chastain we talked about, but what Eric Jones has done in the 43 car has been remarkable. And it's not just one race. It's not just at Talladega and Daytona. I mean, like to be able to win at Darlington, I, I'm anxious to see how, how Noah does in that car, because I feel like at colleague, when I watch AJ always performs the best in the 16 car when he's in it. He AJ runs. He, he might not gonna be gonna win a oval, but he runs pretty good. Damn near one Homestead. Yeah, and he, and I just don't. I don't. I, as I've watched Noah in that car, and I know Noah said he doesn't drive it at 100, percent but I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like I think that's gonna be hard, and because he's not in, he's not in the best equipment, and he's been in that 48 team, which has been pretty good. But but in in his, I'm PJ right now because I am not answering your question, mm. but. But, but in his defense, the, this whole year with this car, 
we see all of a sudden you're like, oh, Hendrick Motorsports has it figured out. And three weeks later, you're like, nope, it's Toyota right now. Toyota's got it figured out. And then three weeks later, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> Ford has all of a sudden. Fig- so I don't, I don't know that Noah's gotten a fair shake at that. Yeah. I, I think Gibbs will outperform him though, if they're both in cup. I, uh, speaking of Eric Jones, when, when the year started, there was a lot of speculation that the 10 was going to be available. Obviously it wasn't. Eric came back. Then there's speculation that the 41's available. I was surprised they didn't go after Eric Jones. Who's that? Stuart Haas. Yeah. Because I, I, you look at the Joy Logano, right? Joy Logano gets basically, if Joy Logano had stayed at Gibbs, he was going to have to go run a full Xfinity Series I, schedule. I, 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 told, I told Christy, uh, my wife, last night as I was watching Logano celebrate, I'm like, if Almondinger doesn't get in trouble back in, in, in Daytona and whatever, what 2009 or whatever, I'm like, he's not standing there. I'm like, I, and it might be better for him, but I'm going to guess it's not because he doesn't get the opportunity to go. And, and I mean, Joey Logano was, was good before going to Penske, but it's been, it's been pretty remarkable what he's done since being oh, over there. A million percent. Yep. yep. I'll tell you one thing I'm interested in seeing how it plays out is how Austin and Kyle do as teammates. I think that's a unique Keith Rodden's going over there. That's mm-hmm. a big hire. So, and I had to think back on this. I, I think Rodden's a good fit over there. And the reason being is that in 2014 or 15, Rodden was my crew chief. And I'm, I'm just 99% sure that Randall was actually my engineer. So there's a little bit of a history there of those two working together. So, mm. And I just wonder if, if, if Randall didn't have a little bit of like, hey, I, I like him. I like working with him because that's important for those crew chiefs to get along and, and want to work together. Speaking of RCR, that eight car is either hot or cold. There is no middle ground. The three car is never hot or cold. <clears throat> it lives in the middle ground. Can Kyle Busch... Austin's been can, fast lately, though. Can, He's actually had some can, good Can Kyle runs. Busch compete for a championship with that team? I, again, I, you're going to have to get you, you're this is what we don't know. And this is why I can't give you a definitive answer is what's going to happen over the next two months with development of the car. Like does somebody figure does an organization figure something out? If it's a Chevy organization, do they share that with the other Chevys or you don't know where that car is going to be at the beginning of the year? If you would have said, Hey, Kyle Busch is going to have to leave Gibbs and he's going to go to eight car. I would be like, Oh my God, like that's not going to be good. That cause, because you know, that RCR hasn't performed. They've performed pretty well this year. I mean, Tyler Reddick, even at the beginning of the year, I mean, you think he should have won uh, Fontana, I believe. And he had, had a, if he, not for flat left rears, he wins quite a few races this year. I mean, I almost put RCR and Gibbs not on the same level, but kind of based on the performance that we've seen this year from all those teams. Because Gibbs, even though they had a car in the Final Four, and Denny is, is 100 feet from being in, in, the, in the Final Four, um, Truex had a struggling year, and Kyle Busch kind of had a struggling year. So it's not like Gibbs is where they were, where they won 19 races in, in 2019. Right, right. Yeah. I also feel like Reddick, came into his own with his crew chief there and they you knew where we you knew where he was going to be fast and he he took full advantage of them tracks I and can't wait to see him at 2311 because I think we really see then who Tyler Reddick is mm-hmm. like does was Tyler Reddick you, you know I mean it, it's it's fair and safe to say that he he outperformed Austin Dillon regularly and and Austin, I, I'm with you. He ran. He had some some he's moments. Had a, he's had a good last he, month and he, a half. He did. He had some moments at the end of the year. Not not as he didn't have those like oh my god dominant races mm-hmm. like what what Reddick had. It seemed like they were always like one adjustment behind where Reddick was. Because yeah. uh, there were times that Reddick would blow that left rear tire and be out of the race, and all of a sudden you're like, damn, the three cars running fifth. Like all of a sudden yeah. he was there. Um, but I, I, I Reddick, I don't know. I mean, like he's going over, going to get in a good car. Like I I'm anxious to see 
how that goes, how he and Bubba get along. Like, is, is that going to be, I mean, like, I, I don't know what, what Bubba's like as a teammate or how that, how, how that's all going to mesh or like, are they friends? I mean, like, are they, like, yeah, they're friendly. You know what I mean, like, are they, are they texting guys like back and forth? I don't know or? that they're close, but I mean, they friends. I mean, I remember when all that stuff was going on back at Talladega and everything. Tyler, right. Tyler was one of the first ones. He was to pretty come outspoken. Out and he was outspoken he was. about it. Um, I think that, I think the timing is a lot better. I think that, Kurt was exactly what Bubba needed this year, and I think you've seen the effect that Kurt had on Bubba this year. And I think that next year now, Bubba's in a better position to have a guy like Tyler, where they're they're it's one A, one B. It's not a one and two guy. Um, and but if this year, like we're coming off a year last year where it wasn't, we weren't great. You know, we had some mistakes. We won a race, but yeah. you know, we weren't really good. The end of this year, we were really good. So now Bubba's in a position where he is, he can be the guy. And now Tyler's just one, a to his one B or whatever it is. Does um, Kurt stay around? Yeah. 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 Well, and I, mean, I don't, I don't think that the thing good about Tyler is that Tyler doesn't have to be like, Hey, I'm the a driver. Yeah, no. And that's valuable. I think, especially when you go to a team and you're, you're new, it's not like you're coming in like, well, I, I'm the guy, right? Like, I think he's okay with just yeah, being. Yeah, and I think that they do a really good job over there of like we all work together. You know, where we it's kind of it's kind of what Kurt kind of brought over like yeah, the, the nasty really mold of we always meet whatever it was a couple hours before the race. Right. You know, everybody gets yep. together. Well, you know, both team engineers, crew chiefs, spotters, drivers. Um, so it's it's really a team atmosphere more so than you know, we're, we're looking to beat the, the 45 this week, you know, right. it's, it's, yeah. you know, we're all kind of trying to help each other out. So I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really friendly with Tyler, obviously. Um, so it's, it's going to be good to have him over there and, and, and hopefully kick his ass every week. I say I'm last <laughs> because Jason's rolling his eyes because this thing's going long. Um, who retires next year at the end of the year? I would assume Harvick. If Harvick. I had to, if I had to pick someone, uh, I think it also though is going to depend on how he runs. If, yeah. if Kevin Harvick can go out and win. Could Stuart Haas have two retire? No, who, who would be the other one? Year deal. Oh, Amarola? Yes, he got so he's, he's got a two-year deal. I thought it was ended after next year, but it's I two years. That's after. the that's one of the most interesting things to me because I, I really thought he was done. And I did at too. Peace, at peace with being done. And yeah. I, I ran into him at like a flag football game with our kids, and he's like, oh, I just can't wait to, to be here. And I'm like, oh, he's he's good. And then he wasn't good. Like, he's <laughs> like, I think I, it's exactly what I'm Money right. will change your mind. Yeah, yeah. Dang right it will. Must yeah. be the money. I'd say, I'd say you're, like you said, based on performance, but Harvick and Truex, you have to have them. Like if Truex has another Truex, year like this year, sure. like yeah. if he has another year like this one, I can't see him hanging around much longer. He's so hard to read. Oh, he's, you know what I mean? Like he, how? I mean, how do you read like a guy that miserable doesn't all the time, <laughs> even when he's not, you know, cause I've been on like, I've been on trips with him, like fishing trips and you're like, dang, is he mad? And then he'll start smiling. You're like, no, it's no, just, just Martin. You know what I mean? He's so hard to read. That's just the New Jersey and Martin. Tough one. Well, listen, dude. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks next, for having me on, guys. Next fun. Year. I've been begging you for three years. Yeah. We've been talking about it. So well, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, coming back next year. We're signing you up now. Awesome. Get the contract out. I'll do it. All right. Appreciate you. We're out. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys for listening. Guys Thank for you listening. For Thank you, everybody. We out. Holla. Go Bills. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.